Really? That's what you're going to show? It's free. I didn't for know all. what else to show. I was, I was sitting here like, we today's kind of a crazy day. We had uh, free for all Friday. I call it. We we had we had three guests scheduled for today. Now we have yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. show notes are all being redone and stuff. But the one guest that we're going to have is is the one that we really did want to have today, which is Michael Bolden. Yes, Tenth Amendment Senator Michael Bolden, and he's not allowed to talk about the Tenth Amendment. Is that your rule? <clears throat> no, not to, you know today. I'm so like. Whatever. Mentally, that I whatever we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's why I'm saying free for all Friday, y'all. Join us in the chat room. Give us a message. Ask us a question. It'll almost be like an AMA. But no, we got a lot to cover. I'm not worried about it. I love the time we get to spend with all y'all, with or without guests. So get ready for Big Booty Bolden, or two, or a better <laughs> official name for Bolden's great appearances on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Tell your friends. Come on over to RobertScottBell.com/slash/listen. There's the uh, the chat room there. Uh, upcoming events. Where? Where? It's right there. Where, where's the chat room? The listen link. Listen, watch link on robertscottbell.com. There's the okay. chat. That's where it is. All right. You got ready to open the open the Friday show bed, whatever it's going to be? Is it going to be the intro, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the intro. Yeah, Start I just have to chat. click this thing over here. Hold on. Click a button. <laughs> The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Lighten up, it's Friday. It's That's it, we did it. We did it. Thank God it's Friday. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Have a good time. It is Friday. There it is. The kids are going wild. Super Don is cantankerous, and uh, we got Michael Bolden scheduled. Cantankerous, yes. Right. You like that? being have a uh, have a big can of cantankerous. Yes. And that, Super Gonna Don, open up can a can of tankerous. <laughs> You've been going, and uh, hardly any sleep. So I'm not I'm not asking much of you, but if you want to be a, a get off my lawn kind of guy, as we try to. Lighten it up heading into the weekend. I'm not feeling angry today. I, not I, I'm angry. not. I'm just kind of loopy a little bit. Loopy. I, I mean, not really bad, but, I've been you know, there. yeah. So, anyway. you know, I've, I'm a bit agitated and irritated. Like I said coming off of that week long trip, a little bit uh, uh, challenged in terms of immune system function and, you know, a little bit sniffly and throaty kind of thing. And uh, my wife gave me some, uh, I don't know if this is throat chakra tea. She says it's got some good stuff in it and says, speak your truth. Not like usual when I, I turn on the microphone and then I just make <laughs> stuff up. I'll just maybe even be more truthful than ever, which I don't know if people can handle. So we'll see what happens today between you and me. Right. Uh, looking forward. If I don't know if we've settled on a name for a big booty Bolden uh, half hour uh, with Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. We'll see what he has to say on that and what he's wearing as well. Uh, that's always fun. But I'm glad to be here. I'm grateful to be alive. Grateful to be able to broadcast with you, my friend, and head into the weekend. Mm -hmm. Excited about the Phoenix uh, Scottsdale events 
uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday coming up, the, the 5th, 6th, and 7th of uh, March. It's, I can't believe we're in March still. I just looked at the calendar, too, and what really annoyed me is like on the 12th or something, daylight savings happens, unless you're in Arizona and Hawaii already. Oh, really? Already. So we got to do the, Do we? Lo- is this where we lose an hour or game? Yeah, one? you lose an hour. Yeah, yeah, you lose an hour of sleep coming up. So uh, get your rest now while you can. Um, man, just, I just it's just wild what's happening here. So th- this thing, the Giving Tree, I'm looking forward to this. Sunday at 5 o'clock uh, Arizona time. It's a restaurant called the Giving Tree. looks like all organic. And uh, my friend Doug Fletcher's hooked us up with uh, a, kind of an impromptu event, a health freedom event. And if you're in the area, please stop by and we'll get Things warmed up for the uh, Jonathan E. Mord Health Freedom events with uh, Dr. Jack Wolfson Monday and Tuesday coming up an evening and a, and a lunch uh, meeting. I've got and a we'll new have- banner, a new banner for that, actually. Do you? I'd like to see it. Jack Wolfson uh, posted this this morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty sharp. So at the, it's at the Santee restaurant. And, and when Dr. Wolfson was on with us, was it this week or last week? I can't remember now with all the travel trips going when I was in Atlanta, maybe he was on. Um, we got this organic biodynamic, awesome restaurant that's hosting this thing. You guys want to be there just for that. But on top of it, you know, because it's Dr. Jack Wolfson, the paleocardiologist, health freedom and Jonathan Emore. So that's Monday evening, the sixth. So yeah, that's a nice uh, banner with uh, y'all check that out and hopefully you can be there. It's or in the show know- notes and it's also in the upcoming events. If you want to check it out. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about some upcoming events as well. I guess we, we've got to cover some stories here. And, you know, one of the things when we talk about vaccines long before there were COVID jabs, one of the worst offenders driving people into injury and, and waking some up like Candace Owens, for instance, being willing to speak out against vaccines was her experience with the HPV shot. And the Defender, our friends at the Defender at childrenshealthdefense.org have an article here about Merck's call to lower the age for Gardasil, HPV vaccine specifically, and, and you know, of course, critics saying it's just another marketing ploy. Of course it is. Do you believe any pharmaceutical company when they say, hey, we need to get more people to take our drugs or take our shots, that it's anything more than a ploy to sell more stuff that has no liability? Merck researchers on Monday published a study suggesting evidence shows that moving the routine HPV shot to... Um, Ages 9 to 10 may improve the coverage rates in early and mid-adolescents. But the critics called out the vaccine maker for focusing on profits, not health. Look, the entirety of the vaccine schedule, folks, if you haven't figured this out, is about profit and not health. And, and although I used to be in the, 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 the so-called vast minority with my perspectives and opinions on this, more and more medical health and PhD-level professionals have come to acknowledge some sheepishly that the entirety of the vaccine schedule long before COVID jabs is based on false beliefs, dangerous cult-like beliefs in the magic of the shots and what's in them. You know, this is a time where we greatly miss among many times our dearly departed friend, Liam Sheff and his book, official stories is still available, but Liam, what he, he called this stuff out, all these decades ago with what he's researched into, and we echoed the sentiments. Just as John Rappaport has called, uh, well, vaccines, the sacrament and the church of 
pharmaceutical mysticism. He said biological mysticism. At this point, I don't even remember. Did I, did I come up with vaccines as sacrament? I don't even know. I don't even care. It doesn't matter who said it. But this has been an ongoing discussion here that has fallen on uh, deaf ears in the media. And if they did hear us, they would try to discredit us or, you know, shadow ban us or ban us, any, anything like that. Because, my gosh, you can't say that. Another thing about vaccines in the past, I used to say, it's the third rail of medical politics. It was the one thing that was sacrosanct, sacrosanct and you couldn't, you, you, you couldn't question it. Which, of course, you all know now, if there's something that those in charge say you can't question, it's the very thing you must question, most desperately needing to be questioned and, and, and challenged. And yet Merck is here, who's been quiet, mostly, during the time of uh, Pfizer and BioNTech and, you know, all the COVID jab people or, or companies, Merck's rearing its ugly head and saying, hey, what about us? We need more people to take and more kids to take the HPV jab, despite the fact that I pointed out from the moment they claimed that HPV caused cervical cancer, I disputed it based on not only the medical literature, but clinical uh, realities to say that uh, the human papillomavirus, as they call it, is the cause of HPV, when the only way that they could find it or claim that it was there wasn't because they just kind of took some bodily fluids around the cervix of a woman and just tested it and say, hey, look, look, HPV is everywhere. But once again, it was through that wonderful technology that we have called out for, for years, again, decades here, HPV. I mean, I'm sorry, HPV, the other three-letter word, PCR. Remember, uh, years ago, and, and if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, you don't know how long I've been doing this. My 24th year broadcasting, almost 30 years as a homeopath, talking about these issues that can't be talked about. In polite company or any company at all, especially on the airwaves now, you know, largely online. That if you are to tell me that HPV is the cause of cervical cancer and your only evidence is that, well, we scraped the cervix cells and we analyzed it via polymerase chain reaction amplification. And you guys know through COVID how absurd that test is. Amplification after amplification where you're talking about millions to billions to trillions of times amplified, you can find anything you want in that sample. And if it took that Herculean of a technological effort to amplify, to amplify the, let's say, genetic sequence that indicates HPV, how can you claim it to be the cause of anything other than to argue, yes, at one time in the past, there was likely some kind of exposure to the sequence and there's residual presence perhaps that we can again amplify 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 to the point of ludicrousness talk about ludicrous speed or whatever you want to call it and then say yep we have it we got it we nailed it and they even admit that they what they could only cover what four five six seven or eight variations as they claim it uh with the jabs themselves the shots themselves and so the entirety of that shot it's without merit and I'm saying it kindly and politely. I don't want to cuss on the air because I feel like doing it because of the direct targeting of innocent children, boys and girls, for this needless, devastatingly dangerous shot. 
and they have the audacity to go, yeah, yeah, well, it looks like if we could just get them earlier, we can get more compliance going, you know, while the, while the parents are still kind of sending their kids or taking their kids to the dangerous pediatricians, maybe we should just get them to do the shot earlier before they catch on to us in adolescence and they don't come back. Just amazing. Merck, at this point, should be, well, if I personify Merck, a corporation, right? Artificial creation of the state. Hang it. Hang it from the gallows and put it out of our misery. Merck, Pfizer, BioNTech, all of these. These are anti-human companies. Companies that pri- uh, that thrive and profit off of fear, misery, disease creation, and death induction, including the HPV shot. There's, there's so many people that have been injured by that. I mean, we talk about the, the most, I think, you would see in the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, NVICP, the no-fault thing where you claim, hey, I was injured, I need some compensation. I think the flu shot annually was getting more than all others, but the HPV shot was pretty high up there until they came with COVID and dwarfed everything with the mRNA injection technology, different from previous uh, iterations of, uh, of what you call vaccination. You know, and, and as we argue, as I've argued, this is not a vaccination. It's almost like an argument that's not worth making because you could then come by and say, well, the mRNA is trying to elicit certain things, spike proteins to be produced, and therefore the antibodies would be stimulated into being by the spike proteins that we induce, you know, your DNA to produce, for instance, which, which is devastatingly stupid as well to do that because, as you see, this dwarfs any and all vaccines prior to it, including flu shots, including HPV, when we get into COVID jabs. So, again, stunning. Here I am standing, yes, doing a stand-up show, and we're actually having to cover Merck is still in business? How is that possible? Unless humans are stupid or programmed into such high levels of ignorance that they have a debilitating condition where they can't think critically about the companies that are doing nothing but harming and killing them and profiting off of that. And where are the people of all political parties going, you know, let's call for uh, the eradication of the third leading cause of death or at least the monopoly of its delivery system. Now, when you guys and gals get to see this, some of you have the the documentary film, Utah Safe and Effective. What is unique ab- about that film is that towards the end, we posit some thoughts that I've had for many years that I've never heard anybody else posit. And I was given you know, a script as a narrator to read certain aspects of that. Uh, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been talking about. This is what I said, and the medical monopoly. And that alone will reduce needless deaths, deaths that didn't need to happen other than the choices of people that were vulnerable to the powers of authoritarian suggestion coming from that medical monopoly. Again, a monopoly is granted uh, a reality, artificial reality as it is, but reality uh, via government fiat. That is, you, you, you basically, you go to the government and say, hey, we need this, and we need to eliminate any potential competition to our the economic imperative is to deliver medicines approved by the Fear and Death Administration, FDA, whether they be drugs or shots, 
and that no one else should be ever able to claim to treat a disease, to prevent a disease, to mitigate a disease, to reverse a disease, any number of ways, unless unless they have, you know, 500 million to a billion dollars to invest to gain monopoly status via patent protection. And the captured FDA agencies and agents that go back and forth between them would then bring it to market and then you be used between FDA and FTC, part of the oligarchy that Jonathan E. Mord has dedicated his life to defeat as an attorney outside of government and now as a senator as he's running for the U.S. Senate in Virginia within the bowels of, of the, the, the district, if you will, as a U.S. senator. To eliminate the, the very oligarchy that has been used and abused to the, to the destruction of the American people and to the termination of their lives prematurely including, as this article says, going after 9- and 10-year-olds. There's no shame. There's no limit to the depravity of the pharmaceutical industrial complex and all of its members. IG Farben broken up, and now we see them, various named agencies or named uh, companies that control the agencies that are uh, pretending to protect the health of the public or the people, individuals. And those of you who know how to prevent disease and heal from disease without any of those drugs or shots, are enemies that they will find, as we've pointed out, I pointed out, faster than they claim to have found Osama bin Laden, you know, public enemy number one after 9-11, despite all the controversies around that. About 10 years to find him. If you can cure cancer, even to this day, without chemo, radiation, or surgery, and you hang your shingle, they'll find you. They'll go back in time and find you before you do it with AI now. Who are the real danger? What is the real danger? Terrorists that, uh, you know, want to attack and kill you? How about uh, uh, transvestite uh, dance parties at libraries for kids? They're talking, I was talking to this, uh, to, to, to Supernon about this before we went on the air. I'm asking, I'm like, on that front, it's like, was there, you know, when you talk you, about. You can tell it's a free-for-all Friday now. Oh, I'm going there. <clears throat> okay. You, 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 when we go back to talk about heterosexual reality. You know, if they call us normies or whatever it is, I don't know what the term is. But when was it that we were engaged in promoting strippers and stripper poles at libraries for kids with women, for instance, dancing that they said, you know what? We as whatever you want to call it in the various whatever's what we need equality there. So we're going to send cross dressing, whatever, into libraries like that. We need equality because you normies were doing that. No, we weren't. When was that a thing when we grew up sending strippers into, you know, libraries for kids reading day or something? I, there would have been there. You know what? Uh, I, I probably would have spent more time in the library uh, if that were the case. Uh, right. You, you know, I mean, in uh, you know, library was, was, you know, kind of a boring place to go for, for some people because, you know, what are you going to do? You can read all day. I mean, yeah. But what, where were the rights of, of transvestites or is that the right term? I always forget that cross. What do you, what do you call it? Um, Transgender. Transgender. Okay. Yeah. Where where was where was it when you know it's like this was a thing. Transgender people need the right to do because all the other people never, were doing it. Never. Us. In fact, I was asking this you know, how long is I don't know how long this has been going on now where it's been a thing in the news, a couple of years, something like yeah. that. And uh that's the question I, I ended up asking myself was just like when all of a sudden did transgender people suddenly become advocates for literacy? I mean, it was just like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, and I, 
I'm sure somebody's got the answer I mean, out there. It's like, when did, why did it become a thing? Equality, right? Equality. The whole thing about, name the rights, I'm going to step in it, gay rights, red rights, black rights, blue rights. You don't get rights by virtue of your membership in a group or your proclaimed ideations or, or sexual orientation. You get rights because you're a human being and you're created by a creator that is not government. What do you call it? God or whatever. Your rights exist as an individual. You want rights assigned to groups. Those are privileges that can and will be taken away when somebody else takes over the government that you have control of now, and they will use it against you. And, I mean, and you know, and, yeah, and I understand what you're saying. And I mean, that, and that's that's a, a very valid point. Um, but do you really think? Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But do you really think that the whole library reading book hour thing that they do is about rights? We want to have the right to read books to children. No, I I don't think it has anything to do with that. I don't think it has anything to do with that. You know, so, I mean, let's 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 think here. What what could be the possible reasons for this? Maybe um, as a group. Yeah. uh, They want to make a statement. Uh, that they should be, uh, there should be inclusivity for their group, their whatever, whatever you want to call if it. You want to get together as your group, as a group of adults. That's one thing. But when you start targeting children, but then again, then that's where that's again. Then you go, okay, but why is it about reading to children in libraries? You could. You could have a parade. I mean, that's what the gay gay parade, pride parade. They right. they have parades and stuff, reading. right? It's about dancing and, and it's, doing things. well, and that's I guess that's well. See now, that's the other part of it. Now it, we, there's we got two different things we're talking about here. Okay. You got the one thing where they want to read to kids in the library, right? Now the other thing is it's almost like it, it like that that got, wasn't enough. Now they're wanting to do shows, family friendly shows, right? And this is the controversy that you've seen on the in the news and Fox News and stuff like that, where it's these flyers and stuff for the family friendly drag show. And some of the shows that, that these people have put on, it's not like they're just singing songs and dancing on the stage. I mean, it's it's like very risque and suggestive what it is that they're doing. And how a parent could not feel yeah. awkward and squeamish uh, with their kid watching that, I don't know. I don't know how that that could happen no, as, 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 as a out, parent. This is, this is not something that we were doing or a normie group, whatever it's called. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this, isn't it hard to have this conversation? It's like, it's, I, how do you form the words hard. to, it's so like, <laughs> way out there that's just like it's hard to even like try and put sentences together to oh, and, and, and you know there are a lot of young people that you know because we're talking about it this way well you guys are intolerant oh yeah you're you're, you're, you're like, transphobic it's like wow i i just it's hard to have a a conversation on this around you know the thing is i i don't look i don't care what people do people can do whatever they want to do i don't care you know you you do your thing you do you i'm very libertarian Leave the kids you alone. know when it comes to that just whatever but in this particular case it's just it's hard to look at what's going on and not go this just something's not right here there, there there's there's an agenda that's going on here uh, and how some people can just like gloss over that and not 
be affected by what it is going on or, or dismiss it. Yeah. It's I, very... I think you'd be hard pressed to argue that me and super D are anti-freedom people. We're, we, we are very much supporting and defending your freedom to live as you would live. As long as you violate the rights of no one else in the process, it's a very libertarian ideal. I think it's a high ideal. I think it's actually the highest spiritual ideal because as I perceive it, God granted me freedom and agency to live as I believe is right. And if I screw up, you know, I got a consequence. I got to deal with those consequences. And my rights end where another person's begins. It's like basic stuff, you know, golden rule level stuff you teach kids. And there, where is it that this, it's so twisted. And, and, and I tied it into the, the, the HPV shot as well, because beyond, and, and this is where, uh, maybe I'll annoy some people, and that's okay. They're 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 deserving of being annoyed. If you're just now getting annoyed about what we're talking about because of certain folks or uh, genders or whatever trying to uh, corrupt children in libraries or whatever dancing in front of them, where were you on the issue of vaccines targeting children and killing them and maiming them and and devastating them in terms of uh, various chronic diseases, including autism? Am I calling some people out that are late to the game? Maybe, maybe not. But where is the outrage? And, and this also comes to the outrage of, oh, boy, I'm going to step in it now, Super D. You know, the Hegelian dialectic playing left versus right is very efficient and effective when it comes to the abortion issue. Mm. Right? And so you say, all right, people that are conservative, more religious-oriented Christians, whatever, against abortion, and yet the hypocrisy there is they don't mind dropping bombs on babies overseas and terminating their lives after they're already born or they might still be pregnant. Again, the, the inconsistency in terms of you claim to defend life and yet you, you so wantonly go over and destroy life even without declarations of war. I'm, I'm asking for consistency here. No. I, yeah, and I think right. that's reasonable. And I think there's no consistency with those that are claiming to be transgendered. You can't change your gender. You can mutilate your body and pretend to be something that you're not. And fine, if you want to do that, I mean, we're Gen Xers. We don't give a flip, you know, if you call us names or whatever as much. But I don't have to agree with something that is so absurd. Now, if I go to the spiritual realm, which I like to do, Super D, mm -hmm. this can be offensive to some people as well. I would say soul has no gender. Oh, my gosh. What did you say, Robert? And that is... We exist in this physical, temporal uh, body, and it manifests in a male body or a female body. That shouldn't be controversial. If you got the you know certain plumbing outside of weird genetic anomalies, hermaphrodites or other things, uh, but still you have this ability to say this is a man, this is a woman, this is a boy, this is a girl. But in terms of what inhabits that, the spiritual essence of you that leaves after the, the body is kaput, is it male or female? I would argue that it it's genderless as soul as a divine spark of God. Now, this, again, creates controversy because people have beliefs about it, whether it be biblically oriented or not. But I, I understand that part of it. And I think there's some confusion there in terms of the immortality of soul that exists long before this life and exists long after. And some, you know, have, some beliefs include 
the reincarnation, that you inhabit a different body each lifetime, and it could be male or female. And this, again, could be greatly offensive to some listening, but, uh, you know, even as you go back into the, the, the history of Christianity, reincarnation was part of the teachings and was voted out in the Council of Nicaea. Again, there's stuff we can de- de- debate, and I'm, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just saying there's a lot of perspectives that are never discussed about things that could result in what we call gender confusion. But we didn't even see that growing up, Super Don, is my point, until they made worse the exposure to xenoestrogens, the, yep. the hormones in the milk, in the, in the animals that you would eat. Well, I'll the tell you, and on and I, on. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very liberal, yeah. progressive, Berkeley. You know, I mean, it's just like that, that, was, that was where I grew up. Um, I, I don't remember ever seeing anything like, like that growing up in, in that area. Cause some people would say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you, you know, in the conservative play, you know, the, well, not me, you know, that's where I grew up yeah. now, you know, back then, of course, if you think back going back into the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, that was, it had more to do with, with the gay community. And, and right. you know, and the, the the coming out and stuff like that. So, I mean, and there was there was there was that. I mean, there was you know that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this that what we're seeing today, especially mm-hmm. with the youth, um, it, it just that was not it just was not a thing. And so you have to look at that. And some people will say, oh well, it's just because they they couldn't express themselves because they would be ridiculed. Or, well, yeah. You know, back then, you know, if you came out as, as gay, especially in the yeah. 80s, there was a lot of prejudice and, and, and yeah. you know, stuff about that. And so well, and we know and as Gen Xers, I think we were transitioning, obviously, from the time of our, our parents and their parents and their views on these things, overt or covert. And I think we shifted in a point where like, dude, you know, look, you are what you are. And if you have those proclivities, you know, as long as you're not forcing me to do it, it's like. But the point that I'm making that is if, if what we're seeing today with, with the transgender thing, if, mm-hmm. if that were something that existed back then, we would have seen, I would have seen it yeah. In, yeah. In, the, in the, where I lived. It would have been. You there. were right there at where it would have been if it was going to be anywhere. You know, you don't see it at the level that you do now. And so I think, I think you're onto something that there's something else at play here rather right. than just, uh, people f- feeling different or, or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's something else that's going on, especially with these, this younger, with the, the, the Gen Z's yeah. and the, what do they call after Gen Z? Uh, Gen, I don't know. I don't know. They can start with one. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> we ran out of letters. What do we do? I, yeah, I don't so, know where to go with that. I, I, I yeah. just, I just, you know, Part of the agenda, maybe we bring in the, the concept of transhumanism, because if you can so muddle up identity that you don't know you're a child of God or a creator, that you could then be convinced by Bill Gates or some other technocrat that you're really just a computer you know, simulation and we can just plug you in or maybe maybe grow you a new appendage. <laughs> This is great. When I read you this headline, uh, you 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 laughed out loud. There was yeah. an LOL that happens uh, uh, before the show from Robert Scott Bell. Look at this headline here. Helping hand? Scientists constructing a robotic third arm to assist with chores. Wow. Imagine how how much quicker you could do the laundry. Where is Stan Lee and Doc Ock at this point? <laughs> 
This is out of Lausanne, Switzerland. Research of, on three arm control could help us understand how learning is achieved in activities of daily living, but these devices could also be used in logistics to facilitate complicated tasks. Like, who thinks this is a normal thing to do? Yeah, let's just ro add robotic arms to you. I mean, it sounds funny. It sounds silly. And you're yeah. looking, you know, I'm looking for the punchline here. I was thinking, you know, this is like the Babylon Bee mm -hmm. or the Onion or something like that. But in reality, this is for real. And yeah. it's called human augmentation. Human it's a growing body of research that uh, is talking about ways that you can create like a prosthetic robotic arm that you can attach to yourself. Yeah. And somehow this is going to assist you with doing stuff around, I guess, around the house. Until, until somebody controls it with sixth generation wireless technology and you just try, you strangle yourself. I, who knows what the <laughs> hell happens here? You know, I, although I was <laughs> thinking, it's like, what, what would be like a good application for something like this? Yeah. And, you know, there might be some moms out there that might look at, look, look at this and go, thumb. you know. You see that picture? Scroll down until you find that lady holding up a hand with an extra thumb. It looks like two, like a thumb. Oh, yeah, thumb. yeah. I saw it. Yeah, look at that. Whoops. Pop up. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, not enough to do what you do with the five fingers you hope you were born with, that you weren't altered, you know, genetically by other things uh, uh, in an epigenetic way. Uh, but, yeah, we got to have another idea. And this, this enamoring worship technology and we think, look, we grew up and, and saw a lot of transition in our lifetime, Super Don, but I'm going to play the old curmudgeonly guy going, dude, it's gone to a place that is just, you know, that science fiction dystopian fantasy uh, and, you know, making us less human, less of what we are, I believe, spiritually, and relying on, again, man's arrogance, ego, and mind, which is another computer, not soul, not the true divine spark of God. This is this is a... This is troublesome. I will just say it that way, among many things that we've covered. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know how they would do this, but apparently it's it's a real thing they're looking into. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there are some days I, I could imagine that it would be nice to have a third arm, but, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like you I, need a hole. When I'm working head. and the dog won't leave me alone, the third arm would just go. Yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Right. Chris puts a, a, an interesting comment here. Uh, from a Christian biblical perspective of Galatians. Did I say that right? 3-28. I think so. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And, and you know, that to, to me rings of soul as a divine spark of God that is not this or that. And I've talked some somewhat over the years about the lower worlds of creation, the existence, you know, where we find ourselves in consciousness, et cetera, where we exist in the worlds of duality. Light cannot exist without dark, good without bad, good without evil, whatever, where everything's separated out, that there's a point where all that comes together and it goes beyond the worlds of duality, but that's beyond the worlds of the mind. That's why it can't be discussed and validated mentally or scientifically. You know, you begin to have the experience of, hey, you know what? When I was uh, a child, and I choked and died and left my body and came back, it was different. <laughs> and you might say it's synapses <laughs> firing, and that's why you were hallucinating, but those are the materialistic reductionists. And I'm like, look, you can believe what you want to believe. I have an experience that had an impact on me that lets me believe something different via experience, direct experience. And there is validation, I believe, in many of the, of the spiritual texts on the planet 
And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not here to say this, all these things and bring them up to offend on purpose, but people are very sensitive about what we, you know, believe. But funny enough, the things that are not offensive that you'd think would be offensive become offensive if you threaten, you know, their food. What you're eating is wrong. Oh my gosh. Now you got, now I'm up in arms. Now I'm angry. Where's my third arm so I can slap you? There you go. <laughs> At that point. Chris Lavoy is in the yeah. chat room and hey, asked if you could Lord repeat that verse because he did not have his notebook ready. Okay. Yeah. And this is uh, Chris that's uh, in the chat room at our, uh, if you come to Robert's on website, on right? flash, listen, yeah. yeah, on our website, our personal chat room, uh, Chris sometimes maybe puts it in both places because we have on Facebook different things, but she's, he says, uh, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female for you are all one in, in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.28. Now, granted, everybody that comes up with one thing from the Bible, somebody will come up with another thing that seems to oppose it. I'm just, I'm not here to get Well, and then, you know, listen, I mean, you've got people that just don't subscribe to the Bible. So that that will not, uh, that will not uh, be relevant to them. Yeah. So I, I bring these things up and when we didn't really officially plan to talk about the transgender stuff, but to, to bring in the possible explanations for what's happening, and I'm not even getting to the purposeful nefarious schemes, although I'm hinting at them, of wanting to create confusion at the earliest possible age so that you can gather up children away from their parents, away from traditional views or beliefs about religion or anything, and then bring them into your cult, whether it be the cult of transhumanism, which is a big one, uh, or just some way be able to corrupt young people before they have an ability to think critically about the world around them or listen and learn from their parents' traditions to say, here's what I believe, and then they'll become adults and they'll figure it out in some way. But they don't want to have you have the opportunity to grow into adulthood with your critical thinking skills intact. We got to get them first, right? We got to get them first, target them first. I think uh, there have been uh, quotes about um which groups of people uh, that have said, if I can get a child from zero to seven, you know, I, I can tell you what they're exactly going to be, you know, in those first years. So the earlier they can target these children for that, the better. And there have been a lot of children that have been affected that are now, you know, opposed to anybody, any rational discussion of this topic, you know, because they just, oh, it's hateful. It's this, it's that. You can't do that. But the very thing we need to be doing is having these discussions, engaging in debate and even argument over these things. That's a whole th healthy thing to do. To not do it is devastatingly stupid, dumb, and leads to complete confusion where, guess what? The global elitists that are are using and exploiting this confusion of the youth or any adult uh, will use it to imprison us in a, what, digital cell, right? That's the identity they want, digital identity. If you recognize yourself as a child of God, you are less likely to comply with ungodly demands or ungodly interaction with children like, you know, these crazy dances or, you know, whatever they're do doing for these kids. You just see these videos and you just go, is this chat GBT creating this? Is this really happening? And if it is, the question is how? And I'm just trying to throw out those things. So consideration. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So uh, I want to uh, answer some questions of the day, if we can, in the time we have. And we do have some extra time today because our uh, two out of three of our guests, for some reason, could not make it today, which is fine. <laughs> Gives us more time to speak our truth without pausing for questions. Yes. All case. right. Question of the day. Question of the day. 
All right, let's go through. Uh, we got what three of them? If I can get through them between now and the, the end of the show, this one first one's from Nikki, our friend Nikki RSB. This might be a silly question, but I had my tooth pulled for a future bridge. It had an infection, and the dentist couldn't scrape it all away because it hurt me too much. I, they couldn't numb it out that much. It was that bad, huh? He did a bone graft, not a graft, G-R-A-P-H, a graft, G-R-A-F-T, and said, you'll need to take antibiotics. I said, "I uh, can I please just swish with silver? And he laughed at me. I think he went to the wrong dentist. You know, if, if, if this dentist doesn't understand the role of silver and, and ozone and different things to address infection, um, that dentist is clearly not up to speed on the science that he should be engaged in applying. Anyway, Nikki says, I went and filled the prescription only because he did the bone graft. So he closed up the incision and filled it with Cephalon 500 milligrams, an antibiotic, which is one pill four times a day. I keep forgetting to take the fourth pill. So this has stretched my time much longer. Can I just stop taking them? I have two days left and it gives me anxiety, I think. I just want to know since people say, you must take all the medicine. Thanks, Nikki. Now, the reason that they said to take all of your antibiotics, the full course, is primarily, not exclusively, but primarily because if you don't, what's the fear? That there will now be cephalon-resistant microbes in your body. So that antibiotic will now be worthless. Antibiotic resistance. That's the main thing. A secondary concern could be legitimate. It's like, well, if you don't take it all the way through, then there's no guarantee that you've killed all the infectious elements. And so that's another argument. But primarily it's been about the resistance that it would develop if you miss any. Even if they're curtailed to the point where they're not causing what they call an infection, but they're still there and now they won't respond to that drug ever again. So could you? I suppose yes is the answer, but I can't direct you and tell you that would be improper and irresponsible of me to do so. I will just say, because your dentist and most doctors are not really honest with you about this issue, that you would contemplate and pray and utilize that something beyond the mind to guide you. I've said a reliance on God or spirit over a reliance on medical man. This is not me arguing that there's no basis for listening to medical man in certain circumstances where they've had a lot of, let's say, validity, scientific, rational, and everything, or clinical experience to show this is what works, this way. But I'm asking once again that we step back from these authoritarian dunderheads and start thinking more clearly. Now, you have the artificial interaction with a surgical maneuver of pulling a tooth, scraping, bone grafting. It's an unusual thing. Your, your body is now open to the world. That's why you risk these imbalances, these microbial overgrowths that would never happen normally. And so if he says he missed it, then he wants you to get me on antibiotic. That's his standard of care, and that's what he's trained to do. There are some dentists that would you know, load it with ozone or ozone-carrying materials and or silver, send you home and you'd be doing the bioactive silver hydrosol in a highly infectious situation, uh, a teaspoon every hour, waking hour, swishing, swirling, holding. But if it's below the gum line now, cause they've sealed it up, it's harder to deliver directly to the point of foci, the area need. And so there are risks associated with that, especially if they leave dead necrotic tissue, hopefully they cleaned it out well enough, but he says he didn't. I don't understand that necessarily. What happened there? I don't know. So I can't direct you yes or no, but I would say follow your, your gut, your guidance if it's not too disrupted and hit heavy, a homeopathic, keep our sulfur calcarium, 
other immune modulators, the silver hydrosol, et cetera, and carry forward and maybe find a more holistically oriented, intelligent dentist as you continue here. All right. Nick, uh, Nick, you just follow up with me on that as, I, as we learn more about your experience. All right, put this next one full screen. Thank you. This is from Hannah. Hello, RSB. I have a desperate question. Since my son was a baby, he is now four years old in two months. He has had dark red under his eyes. He looks drugged. Lately, I've had many strangers comment on his appearance. And I also saw a video of two moms that did a heavy metal detox with their children and their behaviors and sleep were much improved as well as the dark red gone. All of this got my attention that maybe I ought to, to do something about it. My son is very intelligent, often referred to as an old man in a little boy's body. That's interesting. Super Don, have you ever heard people refer to certain children as an, you, you're an old soul. They come in and they're old like soul. Oh, I've, yes, old, I've old heard of that. Yeah. Old man. Uh, okay, I, I kind of get the the concept of reference, but an old soul, something that you right. come in with all these experiences. And, and this, again, raises questions about what is your belief in terms of our existence and reality? Soul existing before the mortal coil of the body that you adopt while you're here and rent or, or, or just inhabit for a while and then go on beyond that. For those that have had near-death experiences or spiritually transformative experiences of leaving the body and being a, a state of consciousness, if you will, an energetic being of some kind. And, and then some people say, well, no, no, don't talk about that, or Robert. That's new agey. I'm like, dude, whatever you want to define it as, I could, I could care less because I don't, I don't view it that way. I look at it as this is my experience. I'm trying to use the language that we have to describe something that is somewhat otherworldly. But some people say, well, you only can read about it in, in, a, in, a, in a biblical text, for instance. And this is what annoyed me growing up in the Orthodox religions when I challenged rabbis and priests and pastors. And like, dude, I've had this experience, and you're telling me I have to wait to die to know what it means. But I had the experience. It's like I died and came back. And so they're at a loss because they haven't had that experience either. And it's a uniquely and deeply personal experience. The so-called NDE or STE some of you out there have had, maybe in contemplative, prayerful, meditative state, you've had enlightenment. Others would say, well, I got it when I did shrooms. <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, endorsing that for people, but I, yeah, there have been plenty of people that said, man, I got enlightened. But I think that chemical index or influx of an experience like that is not based on discipline. It's based on a chemical abnormal uh, in, influx. And it may be perfectly legitimate because it's helping people microdosing mushrooms, things like that as well. Uh, but in terms of uh, consciousness that you earn, it's practice. And maybe, again, this is the old fuddy-duddy, for because I'm that old, I, I use the term fuddy-duddy, right? Uh, that says, oh, yeah, we don't have to do it with drugs. I'm not denying your freedom to try and experiment if that's what you want to do. But my experience is like, you know what? We can get there through other disciplined means of study and prayer and meditation and contemplation and practice. Like I practice and exercise my physical body. We talk about exercising spiritually too. So coming on back uh, to this uh, question of the day, as I, this is a free-for-all Friday. As you've, if you figured it out, you, you finally are there with me. Um, maybe I ought to deal with this uh, old man, little boy's body. That's what we, he won't speak to people unless he builds trust, this four-year-old, and relationships with them. This goes for everyone, she says, the mom says. He's super chill in nature and has always been. He sleeps like a rock. He can be irritable at times. Although what child isn't? 
Anyways, I'm just wondering what recommendations you can give. I'm open to anything. I just want them to feel good. Hannah. All right. Okay. Now you can bring that off screen there, Super D. So remember we, we covered the story of the little parakeet. That wasn't a parakeet. I forget the name of, of the, of the bird. And there was irritability associated with that. And, and the person studied the, the materia medica and found a remedy that matched it very well. That's more of the classical style of meeting the similimum best you can. But I think it's unreasonable for many to study to that depth. Don't, they don't have the wherewithal or the, you know, the energy to do it. It's just too foreign. And this is where I come back to, not as a, a, a I say a fallback, but a, a genuine option. In this case, of the clinical branch of homeopathy, born of the French school in the latter years of Hahnemann, to say, hey, we've got a terrain issue here. Even if we can't nail the one single similimum, we do know, just like you intimated, there might be heavy metals indicating what? Liver congestion. A lot of times the dark circles under the eyes, whether it's red or gray or black, could indicate, again, liver congestion. And gut issues, right? We talked about the microbiome. We didn't get to cover this. And Super Don, remember, we got to come back to that story eventually of regenerative processes, like regenerating the liver, being associated with the gut microbiome as well. The microbiome, the balance, the diversity, the biodiversity being critical for the function of regenerative processes. So, you know, when someone contacts me, like, was it Nikki that did about the antibiotics? It's a genuine concern. Why well, I, I say, if you can at almost any or all cost, avoid antibiotics, you're better off for that because that destruction, that indiscriminate destruction of the microbi microbiome biodiversity is, 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 is impactful beyond what, what doctors want to admit. I've said that even one round of an antibiotic in childhood can cause an entirely, entirely new pathway that's not really optimal regarding health moving forward. And I was on antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic. It's amazing to me how I could withstand that and find a way back. But it was largely due to restoring my liver, restoring my gut, and then following on for, for other systems for, from that point forward. So in the case of this question with this four-year-old child, working with the homeopathic drainage principles, we would introduce the, the bryonia, the nux vomica, the, the chelidoniums, and other drainage formulas. I, and I kind of hinted at that and went at that in the Clinical Homeopathy 101 Plus Lecture on Demand at Trinity School of Natural Health. And, of course, they have more clinical homeopathy available uh, with formulas pre-made, so you don't have to be a homeopath to try and start the terrain-clearing process. In addition, of course, to, well, what do we know about minerals that are critical for binding and detoxing heavy metals like selenium? Or what is the role of that formulation called folium PX? It's seriously counteracting these heavy metals and even heavy metals that have a radiation signature, you know, ionizing radiation on top of it. We know that we have tools to do that, botanicals that can help, homeopathics that can help, foods that can help, the energy bits. We talk about chlorella and even spirulina. So any and all of these things that you can incorporate with that child could help. Homeopathy, the safest, easiest thing to start with, but not the only thing. This is where I got my start on my healing road to recovery, my path to recovery. So I'm going to pause on that one right there and leave it for you to ask me follow-ups after you start targeting liver health, whether it be herbal. And I know some people are four years old. What can I do? I'm scared. It could be dangerous. Well, utilizing botanicals, herbs, it's food. Hava, Levi, 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 
uh, who is at the Next Steps Conference, who's been on this show. She's terrific with the herbal stuff. We'd have to get her on talk about that as well. But there are a lot of ways to go, and none of them involve toxic drugs. Some, of course, in extreme circumstances, like our friend Dr. Batar, would use various forms of uh, chelation, intravenous or transdermal uh, binding agents to you know, pull out extraordinary levels of, of metals like mercury or other things more rapidly, lead and otherwise. But yeah, helping the liver to do its job. Hey, you know what? Simply putting that child at four on hydrogen water, like echo water, that would also be tremendous to facilitate powerful antioxidant reactions in the body counteracting a lot. So there's really simple stuff that can be done. And of course, avoiding doctors, avoiding heavy metals, avoiding vaccines, avoiding drugs, avoiding antibiotics. All right. Do we have another question of the day? We have time to squeeze in here. Uh, it's from Linda. Okay. Thank you, Linda. This is the cool part of uh, guests not showing up. We have extra time to do Q QOTDs, questions of the day. Hello, Robert. I'm hoping you can offer some comforting support for my sister-in-law, 63, who began chemo treatment a week ago. About 15 years ago, she was diagnosed with mesothelioma. Her left lung was removed. A few years ago, the cancer returned now in the peritoneal cavity. She underwent chemo, a chemo wash, a horrific experience. You talk about torture. When you read about torture in the Middle Ages, they got nothing on doctors, especially cancer doctors today. Recently, immunotherapy was taken with side effects. Now, every three months or so, she has a buildup of fluid in her stomach that, would, that is removed by a needle. Makes the allergy shots I got as a kid look like child's play. Can you imagine a giant needle into your abdomen to, to remove excess fluid that your body is incapable of dealing with because they probably destroyed detox pathways, including lymphatic pathways? Linda says there are small nodes present, so... She's back to weekly chemo and is wiped out and cannot eat. Weight is about 95 pounds. Is there something you could suggest to ease her extreme weakness? Well, for one, she's got to get food in her. So cannabis that's full on with THC is critical to stimulate appetite. We know that. And if you try the Marinol and other things like that, the synthetic, that's garbage. It doesn't work the way the natural plant does. So finding a way, whether it's ingestible, inhaled or whatever, to get the appetite stimulated in cannabis, AKA marijuana, I hate that slang term, uh, can be utilized if it's not already being utilized. Let's see, can you go full screen again? I wanna see the rest of that comment there. Super Don. Yeah, thank you. I never, uh, let's see, uh, is there something you suggest? Okay, so I, I mentioned cannabis. She says, I never intervened with the suggestion of alternative healing methods as it would fall on deaf ears. I feel terrible about her suffering. Thank you, Linda, and love the show. All right, we love you too, Linda, thank you. You know, what's so sad about this is if her doctor, even her chemo doctor did not suggest cannabis at this point, come on, it, isn't it reasonable to go every physician, every medical doctor knows about cannabis slash marijuana to counteract some of the negative effects of chemo? You know, and if she's not willing to take the, in the well, the selenium, 100% whole food selenium we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. If she's not even willing to engage in the most powerful antioxidant formula I've ever encountered, the folium PX, simple things that she could be doing to counteract this that's going on. But when it comes to the energy issue, and I know that was the thing, fatigue, homeopathic arsenicum, arsenicum album, which is for poisoning, and a lot of things, it helps the adrenals if they're still functioning. And 
magnesium, and copper. So if you get her on the sovereign copper, that would be huge. Sovereign copper with magnesium would be huge because that will also facilitate mitochondrial production of ATP, the energy molecules, as they say, in all the cells. And I don't know if any of that is even, she's open to it, as you said. She's not open to any alternatives. Well, at this point, what has she got? Modern medicine isn't only is only doing things to manage her and, and manage her to death, basically. Ultimately kill her through the suffering and torture she's going through. You can love her and pray. But if she's open, offer some of these suggestions that I mentioned at this point. And I thank you all for writing in, asking the questions and stimulating some of the thoughts. And in fact, for those of you who are not patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, man, you missed an amazing AMA. And if you are patrons and you weren't able to uh, join us on Zoom live on our AMA, you can watch all of the AMAs that we have access to, that you have access to through the patron page. Super Don, that's true, right? You've already put up the AMA that we did last, uh, well, on Monday. It was just this Monday. It was awesome. Questions they asked me about infection control. And yes. Health was great. It is uploaded along with a transcript of the chat room as well because there's always, you know, great stuff that's going back and forth and being put in the chat room during those AMAs as well. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. The chat is actually, you can see yeah. all the suggestions that are made and questions and things. Wow. Well, you guys are here. We got a whole other hour of broadcast healing, including Bolden's big booty. We do. For lack of a better um, uh, alliteration, I'm going to go with that until he says otherwise. <laughs> Michael Bolden from the 10th amendment center is scheduled to join us like every other week on a Friday to head us into the weekend and have fun. He'll be with it. us at the bottom of the uh, next hour. Okay. He'll give us, I think he's got about 30 minutes or so that he can okay. He so can hang for, out. Okay. So for our, our new listeners, especially when we come back, I want to talk about some of these options you have to counteract a lot of the nasty stuff we're dealing with. And we need to go through some upcoming events because you have some updates there in the upcoming events tab yep. of the Robert Scott Bell Show website. So robertscottbell.com, sign up for email alerts. Text RSB to 22828, the number 22828. That's in your text field. That's the number you're going to text. What are you going to say? In the text field is RSB. And immediately you'll be responded to, and you just enter your email address, and you'll get the occasional newsletter when Super Don isn't so out of his <laughs> mind, bonkers, busy. Uh, you know, it's, it, it'll make a comeback, I promise. Yeah. I promise. In the meantime, I, I have an occasional email going out talking about online events and stuff that are coming up, but yeah, the, uh, I, the newsletter will be back. Super Don, you, you definitely weren't the C word that I called you earlier. Cantankerous. Oh, you cantankerous. Were you were actually, Dude, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm very mellow today. I'm just kind of just yeah. like whatever, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, what was the word you used? Woozy or something? Because you hadn't slept. Loopy. Okay. I was kind of loopy this morning. I'm, so I'm let's just, see where that loopiness I'm takes. chilling out. And when we come back, also, Leslie uh, would like us to talk about baby goats. I've got, I've got, uh, oh, yeah, I've my got, friend Scott had a number of like 10 baby goats in the last, uh, yeah. Well, apparently she had a couple of, couple of new additions, uh, this morning. And mom just showed up. Hi, mom. Where you been? Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, everybody, where I remind you that we have a whole other hour of broadcast healing to go and that the power to heal is yours. Scott 
Rock Bell Show. All right, it's almost the weekend, y'all, for those watching or listening live. Of course, the podcasts go around 24-7 and all over the world, except on the places we're banned, and there are a few. But thank you for sharing the show. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give us and hopefully other people that you want and, you know, you care about to learn some of the things that we, well, release here, unleash here. And, and of course, the engagement and in, in critical thinking, the willingness to talk about things that are sometimes difficult and uncomfortable, uh, not to convince you per se, but to say, hey, you know what, hey, consider this. You can reject it. That's okay. But I love all of the various different beliefs out there. In fact, you know, when we talk about interpretations, you know, we had uh, one quote from the Bible and there are people going, it's not just one quote, it's everything. Yeah, it's everything. There's so much more to life than uh, can be contained or constrained in any one show or any million shows. But it's it's lovely and wonderful when we can talk about this stuff in, in the spirit with which it's delivered. The excitement of being alive. And even being different from one another, even though we share a sameness and an origin point, however we describe it and name it, you kind of know it's the same place, but people have various interpretations of it, and that's okay. And when you watch the uh, the journey into life, like the birthing process, whether it be in the human or animal kingdoms, it's pretty amazing. Our friend Leslie, who has uh, is going to host us at the reunion, that's not a reunion, it's a union, the RSB Show Family Union, uh, in, uh, when is it going to be, August, I think? July. I can't, Super Don, when we go upcoming events, we can remind me of that. She also has the great podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Network, Podcast Network, Stay at Home, Mom. Uh, she just had some baby goats. I think we have some images of them. There they are. Oh, how, look how adorable they are. If you're seeing that. My, oh, there's even more. Look at that. It's interesting. A lot of baby goats have been born recently. And I was talking. But with, wait, there's more. Even more. Hi. We got a video. Hello, babies. Just let them know. Just squat down, and if they come to you, they come to you, okay? Hi, babies. Hi, babies. Y'all are March babies. Right. This is the first day of March? No, it's the third day of March, I think, or the fourth day. Or the third. That came today. the first, so today is the third. So wow. it's finally March. We had three babies on the third of March. Mm. So all of their names should be March. <laughs> three, three, twenty-three. Three goats. This is so cute, Sophie. It was interesting. It's it was still goats. Yeah, I don't know how long. To get more milk in her belly. A few more seconds here. A little skinny. The mama over here got milk in her belly when she was little. Yeah. Wait, what's that? <laughs> Serious homesteading there, Leslie. Nicely done. I was just saying my buddy Scott, who I've had on the show, is a uh, holistic doctor as well. And they have their homestead farm in the city, so to speak, a little slice of it. And they had 10 goats. In fact, the other night at our Health Independence Alliance meeting, they had to leave early because another one was in labor. Everything seems to be okay. But he posited, interestingly enough, that the goats were born in the coldest time of the winter. And he wondered, you know, what is the the natural reason, if there is one that you could consider for that. And he thought, you know, I wonder if it's because it's the time least likely to be pred predated. In other words, predators being out. They're all just sheltering in place. And so this is a good time to have these baby goats when no one's going to eat them. Mm. Uh, the thought in terms of how nature works sometimes. You're like, wow, the coldest time to bring these babies on. And they're amazing. But by the way, those are the cleanest goats I've ever seen. <laughs> not a lot of mud and things that I'm used to seeing. They're well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. So there you go. There's yeah. 
we're starting the starting the hour off with baby goats. I can't think of a better way to do that. Yeah, right now it's spring almost. Uh, this is where new life that that idea of new life come into play. Uh, the upcoming events tab. Do you have that? Let's just go through some of that. And and for those that are new, especially, but those of you here every day, sometimes you miss. Oh, there's an event. I might be able to attend. And, oh, it's July 14th through 16th. Leslie says, yeah, I can't remember. So I know last year was was it going to be August? Anyway, upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. There are online events and there are in-person events. And there are combinations like, I think there's a few more days left, Super Don. I forwarded you an email from Trinity Health Freedom Expo. Mm, yeah, I don't have so that. So if you other. guys want to be part of and see all that you have uh, missed at the Trinity Expo, and including the, 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 the virtual one, you still have about three months to watch it, but only a short period of time to actually access it. So if you've been even thinking about it, I think it's like 35 bucks is a great deal to get access to all of that and more. So that's one thing. Uh, what else is upcoming in the, sh- do you have it up there? Can you show me? I know you got some. Um, yeah, I can. Here. Okay, thanks. There you are. Look at that. Yay. So this is happening Monday, but before that, we have Sunday in Phoenix at the Giving Tree Cafe at 5 o'clock local time. And you'll join me and some of my friends at that giving tree for an informal but formal discussion on health freedom and whatever else comes up. Q&A event, which will be fun, which will warm us up for the Jonathan E. Mord health freedom event the next day. And this scroll down just below that, and you'll see this beautiful banner, Medical Freedom Forum in support of Jonathan E. Mord, U.S. Senate candidate in Virginia. And that's hosted by our good buddy, Jack Wolfson, the paleo cardiologist, and his wife, Dr. Heather Wolfson, and others there supporting him. And so uh, you can check out emordaz.com. That's March 6th, VIP at 5 o'clock and the general admission at 6 o'clock. And it's all organic, clean food at that place we learned in Santee, the Santee restaurant. So looking forward to that. And then there's a lunch in the next day. And I don't think we have that, but you'd have to go to emord4va.com or maybe emordaz.com. But you can find out about the lunch in the next day in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area. And the Medical Freedom Forum, Scottsdale. There you go. You can see that the lunch the next day. That's the uh, 7th. And that's also hosted uh, uh, by Jack Wolfson and some other folks there. I plan to be there broadcasting live from that luncheon as well on Tuesday. And shout out to the Coens who are hosting that. So that's that's upcoming. Now, if we go fast beyond that, there's Fasting Online Summit. There's an Osteoporosis Online Summit. These are all free. The Body, Mind, Soul Restoration. And that's thanks to Nutritional Frontiers. That's the 1st and 2nd of April, technically. There'll be an evening uh, get together on the 31st of March healing for the healers. Those of you that dedicated your life to help other people heal, this will be an opportunity not only to learn about that, but also to have some restorative time for the soul, so to speak at Clearwater beach, Florida. Great, great stuff that's happening. Thanks to nutritional frontiers, nutritionalfrontiers.com, RSB 15 for all of the, uh, wonderful products they have, including things that are already on sale and March, they have different things on sale. And you can double dip with the RSB 15 code, including the NRDMG, Advanced Immune Support, which I'm taking every day in addition to other things that I do because of the count, the need to counteract the exposure to glyphosate, even if you're all organic. There's just too much of it going on. We can't control. And that's got a 15% off a special. You can take an additional 15 off with the RSB 15 discount code. Also, CBDNF.com. Uh, let's see. Other upcoming events that we have, Neurometabolic Summit coming up. Uh, the Be Healthy Utah event, and that's uh, April 21st and 22nd, a Friday, Saturday, middle of third, the latter half of April, and that's going on in, in Utah. 
And, uh, well, we've done that a, lo- a couple of years running. Shane and Liz Watt put that on. It's a great, great weekend event. Lots of lectures. I'll be broadcasting live from that Friday as well. We had Healing Strong there with us and so many of our friends we made at that event. So I'd love for you to join us there in Utah for that one in April. And then right after that, we head back to Nashville, Tennessee. Functional Medicine Summit Expo. If you click on that, does it go to that uh, website Kevin told us about? There it is. Yeah, Wellness Revolution Tour, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. The Sheraton Music City near the airport, Nashville, Tennessee. And a lot of the Nurse Freedom Network will be there. Uh, looks like uh, Judy Mikovits. I mean, so many, I can't name them all, but I'll be there and I'll MC it and speak at it. It's going to be great. So y'all plan on Nashville, Music City, the end of April for that event with uh, Terry and Stu Warner. Thank you for doing that. There's the RSB Family Union, July 14th through 16th. <clears throat> and then in Las Vegas, we may have other events p- filling in, so keep checking back. But September 14th through 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada, the Biomed Expo where we've got a lot of things happening there. And I'll be speaking, I'll be moderating panels and things. And so mark your calendar. The place to be is the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Thanks, Super Don, for that tour. We need to do that. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And baby goats, do you have any? I do not. They are cute, though. Yeah. I, I watch videos of them online. That's about as close as I get to having baby goats, but... Well, they can be they're funny too. how they they uh, they act like I don't know how to even describe it. They're just funny and full yes. of energy, and they like to hop around and act oh. silly like little puppies, kind of a thing. Yeah. With puppies with hooves. Yeah. They Is there any around. reason? Yeah, puppies with hooves. I don't know about that. I mean, they got web. Do feet goats pup. have hooves? I think goats so, right? have hooves. Yes, they do. Yes, but okay. puppies should have not hooves. Or remember, we talked about a dog with uh, web feet. The other day, I thought. Yeah. What was that called? It was a... A duck dog. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, folks, right after the show yesterday, some of you showed up and said, hey, where's the uh, bonus round? It was very abbreviated because Mike Adams was waiting from his new studio, and I recorded about half an hour or so with him. And for those of you who are patron supporters, you'll have access to the video as soon as Superdon puts it up there. Uh, and that's unedited. You can watch it. And it's a, it's a great just discussion about a lot of different things. And if, if it's okay, super D are you okay with kind of, I don't know, massaging that into the Sunday broadcast, Mike Adams interview. Yeah. Cutting it up. And then we, if we need to add some more stuff, we can do that because I didn't know what to do with it. It was just kind of an informal, Hey, let's catch up. Let's talk about a lot of cool things. And we did. Right. Uh, so I'll have uh, to I'll, play around with it later. Yeah. We'll uh, but if you, that. if you want access to the Mike Adams interview right away or soon, then you want to be a patron supporter. Of the I'll get it up on Patreon later today. Yeah. Now, is there any reason Fauci's not in jail or the people that uh, co- conspired with him to suppress information about lab leak theory, et cetera? There's an article from the Daily Wire talking about that. If Anthony Fauci's desperate years-long effort to hide evidence that the mysterious bat virus came out of China's mysterious bat virus laboratory, is it's finally unraveling. Don't blame Christian Anderson, whoever this is. The FBI, Department of Energy, and U.S. Senate Intelligence or Investigation have all determined that COVID, which was now killed, well, I dispute that it's killed 7 million people. It's the fantasy of COVID that resulted in all the stupid things that doctors do. Uh, but uh, it emerged from perhaps the Wuhan Institute. Now, we've talked about the lineage going through UNC Chapel Hill, the various uh, gain-of-function studies around the world, and it's there's no clean hands anywhere in our government, in many governments of the world, in fact, in that regard. 
but the uh, the money yeah. shot on this story is this this yeah. this this scientist guy. It's uh, Christian Anderson that they mentioned. Christian Anderson. Yeah. Who, who am I thinking of? Hans Christian Anderson, Hans different Anderson. guy. Um, on in January, the end of January, him and some other people there at the lab, the San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, based Scripps Research Institute uh, was taking a look at the genome of the coronavirus mm-hmm. and was looking at it and going, hmm, this doesn't look right. This to me looks like something uh, that is inconsistent with the expectations of evolutionary theory. Right. right. In this other is- words, this is not something that, that uh, jumped from a pangolin to a turtle. Right. Uh, this this looks like it's been monkeyed with in a lab. Mm-hmm. And then, interestingly enough, uh, I guess, what, four days later? February yeah. 4th. He completely changed his tune. He did 180 and started talking about how uh, he was characterizing claims that uh, the mystery bat virus came from a lab as a crackpot theory. Yeah, but uh, what appeared in his bank account shortly thereafter? That's um, the... $1.8 million. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much to buy your uh, changing story? He suddenly got a, a research grant from uh, Francis Collins at the National Institute of Health. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they actually in here, it's a little difficult to see. But if you look at this graphic here on this tweet, mm-hmm. see if I can blow it up here. Yeah. Uh, January 31st before Fauci. And then after Fauci, after the the, the teleconference, and if you look up here, his uh, his uh, continuing funding jumped; uh, it tripled from like seven uh, million to twenty three million. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got awarded uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on top of that. So it's like it, it, it's yeah. How do you look at that and go, oh yeah, the, yeah, no, it's all above board. Yeah, yeah, there's no no funny business there. Well, as we've talked about the decades long fiefdom that was granted to Fauci to basically dole out monies to those who complied with uh, whatever was the box that you were allowed to do studies in and you would be given grants. If you didn't, if you straight out, the money would dry up. You'd never get another grant. Oh, and, and in this case, buying silence or buying a changing story. so that And it works both ways, box. right? I mean, I mean, take a look at what happened uh, with Duisburg. Mm-hmm. Take a look at what happened with Chris Exley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you don't toe the line, yeah, then all your funding dries up. The grants stop. So somebody tell me how we can uh, separate medicine and state. Because a lot of people are into, well, what we need is more independent funding of science. But anytime you, that, that funding comes through government, it will be corrupted by those who want to control the flow of that money. into So... Somebody tell me, how do you explain a way to do it? Now, much of the drive to learn, right, through scientific endeavor, experience, experiments, et cetera, clinical observation happens uh, through a genuine desire that we have. I mean, we're curious species. Most of us, I think, here we are curious about, hey, what makes us tick? Let's go. How did they fund so-called scientific research before the NIH and NIAID, for instance? And was there an ability to make discoveries that broke through belief systems that were trying to be limited by various organized religions at the time? You know, the church, when we talk about uh, Copernicus and Galileo, 
You know what? My gosh, take a, take a look at this telescope and tell me what you see. No, we're not even going to look. We just know we're the center of the universe. And so there have always been forces at play to constrain, that's the word I keep using, but to limit what we call, I call consciousness, transformation of consciousness, knowledge, if you will, you want to say, call it not gnosis, knowledge, but consciousness, the ability to see beyond beliefs that we once had that we outgrow. How many times did you believe something was this way? And in your life, Super Don, you found out it wasn't that way. It was this way. Well, they call it facts change or something. Yeah, it's happened once or twice. Right. So the idea that science is settled and I am the science, all of that plays into the role of science as religion, as cult. And genuine science is engaged in asking questions that can't be asked, that should be asked. And we conduct experiments based on trying to find out an explanation. And it's not just science, that's life. Yeah. That's what life should be about. It should be about asking questions, questioning everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, And the opportunity to question things that are unquestionable, like, Bolden's big booty, which we haven't validated if it's big enough. <laughs> are we ready for? Are we ready for? He's uh, he's waiting in the wings. We want to bring him well, in early. Yeah, maybe he's got a better alliteration, but I I chuckle and laugh every time I say it. All right, Bolden's big booty. Here he comes. <laughs> Yeah, he's a rock star. Don't let him fool you if he says no or otherwise. Michael Bolden back on the Robert Scott Bell Show, 10th Amendment Center and all that. And his his audio and his lovely audio that is crackly and clicky (laughs) and needs to be back. I am Boltron. No, uh, you should be chewing gum. It would sound better. All right. what, What browser are we on? Firefox. Firefox. Dang it. Switch it up, my brother. That worked so good that one time. What an intro, though. I know, right? I can't hear you. I'm breaking it. Oh, well. I don't know. I wish we could figure out what that is. There's something going on in his studio electronically that is causing interference because he's got like lightning fast internet. He's got Mm -hmm. like the, the killer setup. Yeah, with the with the you know the the electronics and the microphone and the whole mm-hmm. deal, the camera. But you know, there's just no, there's no. Um, oh look, Boltron two, Boltron two. By the way, Boltron two has joined us. Yes, there he is. How's the backup sound? Sounds great. All right, that's good for now. We'll see. Have you guys yeah. actually? Well, hi everybody. Howdy. Have you guys reported that to Restream? No. No, there you go, Super Don. Another task. But not, yeah, it not is that weird. you want anything else on your plate, but I'm assuming that it's a uh, a processing function that there. It's inexplicable. Oh, it's definitely to... not an if if he can. Yeah. yeah. No. You know. Listen, we had this happen with one time. You remember this, Robert? Where we had a guest and we were troubleshooting, mm-hmm. and it was her earbuds. She had yeah. earbuds plugged into the computer to listen to us, and the earbuds were causing the uh, the interference. And. Oh, yeah. He looked like he froze up there for a second. Okay, it was weird. He's, oh, he's playing with you. Just no, I can say it's definitely it's definitely on the restream end because I just mm-hmm. recorded about fifteen minutes ago. Have yeah. perfect audio. Uh, okay. uh, whenever I do my live streams, 
for yeah, there, there's something strange that we haven't figured it's out. It's definitely so be... on the processing and through their browser-based thing. But yeah. whatever, we'll just keep switching around. Hi, awesome. So you were talking about, Robert, you were talking about separation of um, medicine, medicine and state. state. Yeah. I love that conversation. And I know you cite Benjamin Rush a lot. Yes. And another one of my favorite quotes from Benjamin Russia, an old school founding father, is freedom can only exist in a society of knowledge. So mm. I think the the basis for what you're talking about here really gets down to, well, the people have to actually have knowledge first. And to get that, they have to be hungry for it. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're kind of we're surrounded. We're literally surrounded by people who uh who prefer things otherwise. Well, we're fat and lazy. Uh, you know, we've jo enjoyed, let's say, uh, an ability to go through life with not having to engage much in defense of what we perceive to be freedom. Although, when I talked to any friends that had lived under uh, communist rule, like those like even Babri, Babri who, who came from uh, Georgia, the Belize, when there was the Soviet Union, and he, you know, he just offhand just says, you American people don't know anything about freedom. And I, I have to agree. I'm like, you know, those that come from uh, that level of oppression come to America and go, you guys are bonkers. What you're doing now is moving more closely to what, what I left. And so to your point, we've lost the hunger for, for freedom. Perhaps maybe COVID has instigated some hunger to come back in some of us, but there are a lot of people that are just, just give me free stuff still. Yeah, hopefully it's not fleeting. Uh, the The founding generation looked at freedom not just uh, uh, a situation where government happened to be doing the right thing. John Dickinson, he's the penman of the revolution. He wrote a series of papers called Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania. They were the most widely read documents on American liberty till publication of Thomas Paine's Common Sense in 1776. So, of course, government-run schools don't teach about them at all. And Dickinson asked a question. He said, who are a free people? And the answer, and I'm paraphrasing, was not those who happen to be living under a government that is just treating them properly at any given time. But it's those people who live in a situation where as soon as government tries to go beyond its limits, it's so checked and controlled that it can't get away with it. And ultimately, for, for the founders, that gets down to the people keeping their own government in check, whether the government likes it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One again, once again, not waiting for them to give you permission. Okay. We'll let you uh, keep us in check now. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a population living in a land of the free. It's uh, people on their knees begging for a little scrap of permission. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what it gets down to. And that's why your show is so important because it's about educating people and doing activism in support of that. I mean, whether the activism is learning to grow your own food or uh, the, the many times you've had Health Freedom Ohio on, for example, working yeah. to to take steps on a more local or a state level to move things forward. So every small step is an important one in my book. Yeah, you have just uh, sent an article it's, uh, from the 10th Amendment Center, our buddy Mike Mahari put out. Uh, signed as law, Wyoming expands Food Freedom Act, opens market to small egg and dairy producers. Again, this is uh, probably in defiance to some federal restrictions somewhere, somehow. Typically, there's so many, uh, but they actually are going, you know what? We want to defend uh, some level of freedom in, in, in food. And of course, food autonomy is becoming something that even the most non-political people are starting to go, hey, there's something up here. Maybe I should start, you know, some chickens and grow a garden, even if they say I can't. I mean, if you think about it, food freedom and food independence 
was an essential ingredient of the American Revolution because without the ability to self-sustain, they wouldn't have had the resources needed to boycott the British. So, I mean, this is an essential part of the American fabric, our system of what's supposed to be liberty. Uh, but without that, you're going to run into a lot of trouble. Well, and I'm looking at the article and it says the House in, in this is uh, was Wyoming, sorry, uh, passed it by 62-0 vote and the Senate 30 to one vote. I know that probably Wyoming is more Republican dominated, but there probably was a few Democrats that voted with it. So oh, yeah, you think yeah, about yeah. some level of bipartisan. This easy peasy. So it first passed the the Wyoming Food Freedom Act. And I know you've covered uh, some of the food freedom movement in Maine, for example, over the years, where they're basically saying certain types of foods, well, we're no longer going to regulate producers, at least on a small scale, keep it more mm -hmm. local. And as soon as you get government out of the way, and that's what you were just talking about, you don't want government investing in research and things like that, because once government does it, it becomes political and uh, and it goes in the wrong direction over time. Even if you like the direction, it goes in the short run. So the same goes for food production. We want better quality and lower prices. We want to get government out of the way because then the big corporate interests that pay off politicians and all that don't get their way in the regulatory state. So the Food Freedom Act was first passed in Wyoming in 20. 2015 to allow producers of some food products to sell directly to consumers without any regulation at all. And mm -hmm. of course, everyone at first was like, oh my God, people are going to start dying here. I mean, but if you're trying to make money, if you think about it, and you've got a small scale business and you're selling food to people, the last thing you want to do is kill your customers. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you give them something better than your competition. And then over a number of years, I think people both left and right learned that, oh, wow, that the, the world doesn't come to an end. Dogs and cats are living together and it's okay. And uh, mm -hmm. let's keep expanding this. And this latest law that was just signed, it went into effect just a couple of days ago, uh, just expands this to include eggs and dairy. I think I mentioned this on the show on the show a couple of weeks ago as well. And the idea of the price of eggs and dairy being so high now, one way to alleviate that is to open the market and let more producers get in at a lower cost. The more competition, the better cost, the lower the cost and better the quality. Well, and the people that had backyard chickens on the localist of local levels and the and, and the communities that shared in that abundance understood that, wow, but the price of eggs hadn't really gone up for us. You know, oh, it's interesting. Before, right. Right? I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, that makes sense. And so, but of course, they increased in value if you wanted to trade for stuff based on yeah, everybody yeah. else not ha having easy access to the prices they were used to. I want to talk to you more about your ideas and anybody out there that wants to chime in. Honestly, I am sincere in asking these things because in the conclusion segment of the documentary that most people have yet to see, Utah Safe and Effective, about you know, the adverse in injuries and everything. Is that the one we, you were talking about yesterday or the day before? Yeah, we yeah we posited uh, this is what was so extraordinary. This, this, this man from India, who's not even a quote-unquote citizen of America, has done more to try and reestablish and defend freedom than most Americans do in many lifetimes. And I'm just amazed by this, what this guy's come up with. He's very well thought out and I like him a lot. He kind of tries to stay behind the scenes despite all the good stuff he's doing. And in the script, as I was, you know, working with, I did a lot of the interviews that were impromptu, but there were some scripted parts that I was narrating and it, he called for basically a separation of medicine and state. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, I bought the uh, URL end the med back in the day when Ron Paul was doing end the fed. 
because I was like, I had the same thought about ending the, the medical monopoly. Like he had the end, the, the monetary monopoly, you know, and the med, I still have it. I just don't know what to do with it. I don't have time to do it. But that idea was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's starting to get out there. But the question is, how does it manifest in reality? Much like we talk about the localist of just start producing chicken eggs, you know, how do we separate out? Because there are many that would argue we need more government involvement. The problem is we don't have a single payer system like Canada, like England, on and on. I'm like, no, that's a disaster as much as what our system is today, which is not free market in any way, shape or form, where we have uh, phony or crony capitalism involved in a monopoly as well. But even when I go into the invisible hand of the market concept of Adam Smith and others, I go, oh, wait, there's some conflicts of interest here that are interesting to discuss that might be unique. And, and I am positing this and, I, and you, you wheelhouse this in your brilliant brain there. That's another alliter, alliteration. Holden's brilliant brain. Maybe I like Not that better. Big than booty. Right. I kind of like your brilliant brain. But how is it that when you have, let's say you're a doctor, you only make money when people are coming to you because they're sick. So you're incentivized to manage sickness or maybe even the industry behind you to create sickness that you can manage, okay? But let's just say you're not into that. You're a holistic guy or gal. You, you're still only making money when people are coming to you because they're sick. Is so that, that true? I mean, I, let's talk about that. Are there things that I'm missing? Now, I've t I know there are historical examples. We talked about ancient Chinese medicine in the villages, not communism. I mean, the, aren't the, most small businesses really the most effective when they – they win on referrals to to friends and family and loved ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, how's that new naturopath you've been going to? You know, mm -hmm. pretty good. I pay $200 every 30 minutes, and I've been sick for 18 months straight. Isn't going to get too many new customers. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to have that one, or maybe they're going to stop going. But if you think about like a market response, mm -hmm. the person who does who's going to get the most business is the one who keeps uh, getting told to other people, oh, yeah, I went in with a digestive issue mm -hmm. and it turned out that I had mold in my apartment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I never thought of this and it was gone within two days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think really success is what will breed more profit for somebody. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really a different question. What's more important sure. for, for people to actually address in this type of environment where some people are saying, well, we need more government and other people are saying we need less and other people saying we like it just the way it is, is decentralization. And in the industry here, we call this a block and pivot, Robert. I'm taking your question and I'm mm -hmm. turning it into my talking point. We got to decentralize because mm -hmm. that's the only way anyone's going to prove that their way works best is by actually testing it out. When you have a one size fits all solution over a massive landmass like the United States or any country really today, and you try to do a one size fits all solution where you squeeze in a bunch of different viewpoints into one, you're either, you're going to get a lot of resistance to that. You're never going to actually get the approach that you like, mm -hmm. and then you, no one's ever going to learn from it. So you're going to have this constant battle for control. Whereas if you decentralize and Vermont can do a full single payer system, and maybe Montana can do a total free market system. And maybe in Nebraska, they'll do something in the middle. This is the way people, humanity will learn better by just trying and doing things. And maybe there'll be some massive failures and things won't work out and you won't get your way over other people in another area and vice versa. But that's how people will learn and how humanity can advance. I, I you know, 
uh, you know me, I'm all in on the freedom side of that equation. Yeah, of and course the you but That's I, why we're I, such good friends. Yes. And I, love, and, I, love and I love you, my brother, for that. Then the, the ability to engage like this, to me, I don't care if you pivot and do talking points because your talking <laughs> points are right there. But I am acknowledging another uh, side of that maybe I hadn't considered a little bit that I, that's worth discussing. It's like there's this profit motive that a lot of people are against, but not against. But then again, in this unique circumstance of meeting the needs of people who are ill for various reasons, some are arguing or pondering the thought of what about the idea of, you know, donations into a pool, like a symphony is donated from various people. Now, some of it's corporate true, but a lot of people that love the symphony just donate. They have money and, and, you know, it's, it's supported in a way that's not necessarily driven by you got to buy your way in or something. And I, if I, I want to talk about symphony. I have to mention my sister's chamber orchestra in Boston, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the best on earth chameleonarts.org for anyone who wants to uh, check that out. Sorry, I had to. No, cool. Family, it's family. I love the musical side of of folks. You know that every little bit I get a chance to show, it's great. So I'll have to connect. But yeah, you know how I'm saying it's a different support system where it's, you're kind of taking it out is it is it made more affordable for people that want to go see the symphony? Symphony is considered highbrow and it's very yeah. expensive in some ways. But um, would it be sustained simply by ticket sales, or is there a ver- a variety of ways that could be done? I I like to think about the history of charitable organizations and or religious institutions that did provide or fill in a gap for poor people that mutual needed aid. Access. Mutual aid is so important as well. But the yeah. thing is. Generally, when people talk about these types of approaches, they mm-hmm. talk about, well, how do we force this to happen on everyone from the power center that is the largest government and largest military empire in the history of the globe? And for those of you who want government to be involved in healthcare, uh, I'll tell you the United States so-called federal government has uh, had policies that has resulted in the deaths of millions of people uh, in just recent years, hundreds of thousands of people and children dying of starvation due to federal policies and uh, foreign policy in places like Yemen and before that Iraq and elsewhere. I don't know if these are really the people that I want to uh, uh, make decisions about the health of my family and loved ones. But if you want that, I really still say the best approach is decentralized. If you really believe in the and I've even made this case about where I live in California, I think a single payer socialized government health care system would be a disaster, both for uh, uh, health care itself, but also uh, for for liberty, for the economy, for all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I still make the case that I think California should go ahead and implement this. There have been a lot of proposals to try to do this. And if you don't allow people to make these types of approaches in their own area, their next option is, well, how do I get Washington, D.C. to do this? So I think <laughs> California should do it. And then if it's as great as what we keep getting told, it will work. And then other places will do it. And in essence, that's kind of what happened in Canada. I know all the the kind of the socialist healthcare lovers. Uh, they always point to Canada, but Canada did not start as a national system. I believe it started in Saskatchewan. You'd have to check on which province, but it started in one province, went to another and then another, and they happened to like it. Now, I don't know if everyone still loves the healthcare system in Canada, but that's how it went down in Canada. It started in one area and grew from there. So whatever approach you're going to do, if you want more freedom, you want more government, you want whatever, do it why? more locally, and I think that's really the way to convince people. 
with a, a Democratic supermajority in California, what has been an obstacle to implementing that single payer system that it, they, you'd think that they would adopt as you know economic reality? Income? Probably when it gets down to it, how much it'll cost. That's mm -hmm. what I think happened the last time it failed. So the it's a two year legislative session in California. I know in Utah over there, they're wrapping like up in just a matter of months, months. Yeah. or in Montana, it's every other year, which yeah. is a pretty healthy thing. The less that they're around, the better in my book. But in California, it's a two-year session, and they're basically in session about eight to 10 months out of the year. The last round, I think it was literally just a, a an appropriations committee issue, like, okay, well, we don't actually have the loot to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, again, the freedom, the decentralization, as we talk about the experimentation among the various states and local municipalities or just local people, I uh, really perceive that there'll be a, a kind of a blend in, in reality, you know, that people will gravitate toward where they'd want to be uh, that fits their, I would just say it this way, state of consciousness. Uh, but for those that love freedom, they'll want less and less uh, centralized bureaucracies controlling their bodies and their health, et cetera, and others that just you know, feel like they can't do it without others doing it for them, they'll always gravitate toward a socialized system, which I don't believe is very mature spiritually, but is very appealing for those that think that they can get a free lunch. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to pay for what's the saying now? Uh, there's never been more expensive health care than when government says it's free. Mm -hmm. I mean, that should be a maxim at some point, but uh, most people I don't yeah. think believe that yet so again yeah. i think uh, they need to implement these programs to learn and prove to the rest of us who think freedom is right mm -hmm. uh to prove us how stupid we are and uh, if that's the case then that's the case i mean we can only advocate for what we believe in and eventually you have to show people and i think cannabis is a great example of this as well because back when i first started doing the work that i do 10th amendment we're talking about on a state-by-state -state level implementing mm -hmm. programs that people want to do on that state whether the feds agree or not california started that process in 1996 with prop 215 uh the compassionate use act allowing people to use marijuana despite the fact that three presidents one current one at the time and two former came and lobbied against that uh that ballot measure here in 1995-96 saying you can't do this because of the supremacy clause the feds say this is illegal but they did it anyways and back at when I first started doing my work some years after that, you couldn't think of going to a place like Oklahoma or Missouri or Utah yeah. and talking to a group of red state supporters and telling them, hey, this is a good thing. And even if you disagree with the use of this plant for whatever mm -hmm. reason, it's still a good thing because it decentralizes. It allows people more option. It shows that you don't have a single power source ruling over all of us defying the Constitution constantly. And these days, I think it's just a common sense thing. And the way that that happened was mm -hmm. by playing out in example. And when people saw that the world didn't come to an end because people were able to consume a plant, mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, things. And, and it's not to say that these these uh, steps are without quote, quote unquote problems. In fact. That's the experimentation. You have states that are looking at other states and how they implement saying, no, that doesn't work for us. So it's it's not a uniformity from the federal government that says, oh, yeah, now it's all this way. It's like the states get to, get to decide and the people of those states decide, hey, what's the best way to go forward? What have we learned? And, you know, that's the experiment in liberty, I think, our founders had intended, uh, which we wouldn't have an overarching centralized bureaucracy that would dictate to the states everything and the people everything. Oh, well, that's so amazing. Don't we love it like that? It's incredible. I know, isn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, you're your symphonic sister. I got to ask, 
What does she think of her uh, big brain brother? Uh, she loves me. Uh, she probably disagrees with me 95% of the time. <laughs> if she's but in Boston, she's probably what? Uh, she's uh, very, hot. very much Boston. In a, yeah. Well, she's very anti-war, so that's what we uh, we you have a comment. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I, I remember about- I remember talking to her. So I started my activism uh, back during uh, the 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 Iraq War, two thousand three, two thousand four. I was really mm-hmm. getting involved there, and I remember a conversation with her. She's like, and I was making some comment about like they're never going to find weapons of mass destruction. She's like, well, to be honest with you, an F sixteen is a weapon of mass destruction, and they've been using it like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it, she makes you think. Yeah. And on a lot of other things, we don't agree, but uh, it's all from the heart. Yeah. Well, look, I I wish that uh, uh, we would have more of these discussions. I think we're all better off for having them and uh, recognizing, yeah, people have a a belief system, uh, many belief systems. And, you know, you guys come from the same family, but you have, in many ways, very different worldviews. And I think that's the opposite. Yeah. And that's the design. It's like, well, why? You know, you might know some of that because you grew up with her or, but or it might have been impactful when she went into certain arenas where she's surrounded by mm-hmm. people of different beliefs and that impacted on her beliefs as well. But the thing is, in a, in a country, how many people live in the U.S.? 350 million, 300 million? You're going to have a ton of different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have different backgrounds, religious, political, economic, social viewpoints. Some of us want to change where we come from. Some of us want to hold back on to what we came from. Some people want to learn. Some people don't. Abigail Adams told me, told us that learning is to be obtained by hard work. It's not obtained by chance. So some people want to go out and learn new things. Other people just are, as long as they're comfortable getting day by day. And so they don't want to rock the boat. So the only way that a society with so many people can live together in peace is through decentralization, allowing people to have their way in their area. Now, that doesn't mean every individual is going to be their own king, but at least you have a greater chance of getting what you like in your own state or if you go on the state level, even breaking it down to a community level as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that freedom comes with complications, but I much prefer those complications to those that are, you know, brokered by deals in a central area that uh, basically off super Don, because every time you say something, I think of a quote from Thomas Jefferson. Oh, no, we love Tommy quotes. Go ahead. So you're saying this, you know, this is kind of, I can go along with the problems that might go with all this freedom. Well, that's Jefferson. He -hmm. said, I would rather be exposed to the inconveniences of too much liberty than the opposite of that. So yes, freedom comes with response, requires responsibility, requires good morality as well. Good Mm -hmm. humanity loving other people whether they agree with you or not you have to what's the love thy enemy is the the is the the original phrase right and just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean you hate them thomas paine told us that if we want to be free we have to defend the freedom of our opposition as well because if they're not free then we will never be free either mm. loopy super don how are you doing are you angry are you ticked off with all the quotes that uh bolden is bringing uh, or you're just like loopy. No, why would I, why, why would I, uh, well, I, I think he, uh, Michael is reacting to, you know, what you had said to me, we joked about, it. it's like, well, we can bring on Michael Bolden every couple of weeks, but he can't talk about the things he always talks about. That's not going to work. Well, you know, I'm all into censorship and stuff. So. Well, I, well, I don't know how we get along so well, but I don't think you really are. 
Um, but the discussion. Somehow he keeps sending me the links to show up RSB. So which I love. Now, have you changed your three time a week uh, uh, path to liberty event events that you do? I, I saw a message or something about you editing video and taking eight hours to do it. I didn't know if that meant a change in what you're doing. So two days a week, I do a live show. And then just at this time of year, I decided to do something different for my Friday show, which is this week, a Saturday show, okay. is I do a short uh, a short video, anywhere from five to 10 minutes, rather than a full podcast called Nullification Movement News. And that way, uh, instead of my podcast just being the same thing over and over, I have this is the time of year when most state legislatures are in session. So we're monitoring bills on all kinds of issues from health freedom and food freedom to the right mm -hmm. to keep and bear arms, privacy and surveillance, police state, uh, taking on the empire and warfare, state, all kinds of stuff, sound money. And yeah. this way I can give an update on what's going on on various issues. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking a little bit on tomorrow's show, which I'm still editing today. I'm talking about that Wyoming bill that you had mentioned or that Wyoming mm -hmm. law now. Also, mm -hmm. the Missouri uh, Right to Farm Act that I talked about uh, a few weeks ago here uh, mm -hmm. that is still sitting and not getting a committee hearing yet, but uh, some important stuff. Yeah, Utah just passed a, a no vaccine mandate. Uh, oh, thing. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, good news on that front and not just COVID, but all of them. So it's yeah, like, kind of okay. interesting. when the sleeping giant of, you know, people who do sort of really do in their core, love it, but they kind of got lazy when they start waking up, there is pushback that results in some things. There's another, uh, semi safe Harbor legislation that's working its way through, you know, battling back against the licensing boards and the medical associations here and they've pretty much come to a point where they're like, all right, we're not going to fight this anymore. And it's an incremental step, but the things that it leads to reminds me of last year's session where they passed a, a law against, uh, uh, you know, anything that would modify, you, you know, genetic integrity of any kind, genetic discrimination, anything like that, that end up being something that they thought it wasn't that would prohibit them from mandating any MRNA shot because it alters mm -hmm. DNA. And they didn't realize that they were doing it. It's so crafted so beautifully they either didn't want to know or or, or didn't know and we so had the same thing happened in montana in uh 2021 where we were passing working to get past primarily we were behind the scenes mostly it's a guy named gary marbot and the montana shooting sports association that does all the gun rights work in montana mm -hmm. for decades we yeah. were trying to get a bill passed to ban enforcement of federal gun control in Montana. You'd think that would be easy peasy in that place, but it had tons of opposition from friendly quarters. And so they did, Gary and his team did some kind of uh, sleight of hand modifications to alleviate some of the opposition and ended up getting passed because they thought it wasn't going to do anything. And then as right. soon as Biden tried to give us this new pistol brace ban and another regulation on lower thirds, immediately the state of Montana in that law had a trigger pun intended, and they yes. weren't allowed to enforce it. So just in the last couple of weeks, the governor sent a letter to AG Merrick Garland and specifically said, hey, just wanted to let you know uh, that the state of Montana, due to House Bill 258 signed in 2021, we cannot help you enforce this new uh, regulation. I did an interview with The Wall Street Journal on that just uh, a few days ago. I haven't seen wow. it printed yet, so we'll see what happens yeah, on that please one. Please send that when it when it publishes. I, I will. I will. That, that is way cool. Oh, wait, I, I love it. That's great. So, you know, the ability to craft these these things, the people that write legislation or facilitate that, it's not just the people in there. Oftentimes it's the lawyers from lobbyists, but the average folks, you know, we're talking about that. We're 
writing things and submitting things and crafting in a way that it's astonishing what I've seen at the state level happen. It's way better when average people do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you definitely. <laughs> so when I first started uh, drafting model legislation, well over almost 15 years ago, I look, I thought it was pretty decent. I look back on it. It almost all sucked. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. the only way you learn is to, again, to do stuff, do it, find out where the errors are, improve. If you only let the lawyers do it, it's very rare where you have a lawyer that wants to do anything other than get something into a lawsuit. And yeah. we're not looking to get courts to give us permission. We're looking to to get things passed that will actually advance freedom. And the best people doing that, I think, are the non-lawyers in most situations. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little longer to learn from your mistakes sometimes. Yeah, well, our friend Diane Miller has been working with groups around the country to help uh, establish, you know, safe harbor kind of legislation, right mm-hmm. to say no legislation, different things in teaching people that are not lawyers to write this stuff. And oh, so she's a lawyer and she's helping people yeah. understand. Okay. That's yeah. I think that's the best combo. If yeah. you have someone who's friendly that can understand the legal ramifications of something and what you want to accomplish. And yeah. then the people who are actually motivated to advance freedom or their particular cause mm-hmm. working together and understanding the legal ramifications of the words they use, rather than just being a dumb dolt like I was and then writing stuff and then not really grasping the impact of that. Yeah. One of the ways that I didn't grasp the impact on the positive end was I had drafted a, a piece of legislation that was actually signed by Jerry Brown here in California, and it was uh, sponsored by a guy named Ted Lieu when he was in the state Senate. He's in Congress mm-hmm. now. It's the California Fourth Amendment Protection Act, and this is a bill that would have required, the way I drafted it by accident, would have required the state of California to turn off electricity to every FBI, DEA, ATF, and NSA uh, facility in the state. So they think they caught on and then they watered it down. But it, you know, sometimes errors like that are kind of funny. Hey, can, do you have time to stick around for a little bit of bonus time or what's I've up? I've got till about five after, maybe a minute. So about, about 10 minutes. A few, from now. few more minutes with Michael Bolden, his big brain and booty. Both are there or here. Uh, Super Don, thanks for making it sound so good. As loopy as you are, you did great. And all y'all listening and Actually, watching. Actually, when my, we come back yeah. in, in, in honor of, of our friend, Mr. Bolden, I want to talk about uh, uh, our forefathers. Really? Uh, I, I have something to contribute to the conversation when we get back from bonus. I thought you had one dad. Okay, let's carry on. Power to Heal is yours. All right, bonus round, Super Don. It's you. It's all you. It's all me. All right. So, um, yeah. So the other day, and I know, uh, Michael, you, you have been a fan of the, uh, the chat GPT, which seems to be like, that's what everybody's talking about now. It's just in the news everywhere. Everybody's talking about chat GPT. Uh, did you know, you probably already know this, but if you don't, uh, there's another product that they've come out with and it's called doll E. Have you seen this? No. D-A-L-L space E. And what this is is another type of artificial intelligence. And what it, what happens is you give it a detailed description and the artificial intelligence will create an image oh, wow. based on your description. 
And this is something that was very controversial. Uh, there were people that were using this type of artificial intelligence to create art and then submitting the art to these art competitions. And one guy like won. And all the artists got all like angry and stuff. They're just like, that's not art. You can't do that. You know, because you figure that, you know, they're taking weeks or months or years or whatever, like to create art. And this guy just goes over and says, please make a picture of this or that, whatever thing. And it made it and he won the, the contest. So anyway, I found out about this and I was just like, wow, this is really cool. Let me see what I can do. And I played around with it and stuff. And then I thought about you. And I knew that this, this show was coming up and I was like, you know, what could I do with the artificial intelligence? And create something that I think that Michael Bolden would appreciate. So what I came up with is uh, a, a handful here of our forefathers uh, that uh, were responsible for this experiment that we call this this republic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I thought, what would it look like if our forefathers were into breakdancing? Nice. So here I, I give you, these are my artificial intelligence creations. Okay. This would be Abraham Lincoln. Uh, okay. uh, this would be George Washington. That one's real. That one for real. He, he did that. Uh, you were mentioning <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. There's Thomas oh Jefferson. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Now, this one, I've got to fix this here. He's kind of on the side here, but his, this this would be uh, Thomas Jefferson as well. Wow. And then Ben Franklin. <laughs> that is awesome. Franklin almost looks like a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me you, you said to this AI thing... I want you to show me what it would look like if somebody painted the founding father. You have to be far more detailed than that Um, because you can literally this, I asked it to do an oil painting. So these are all oil painting styles, right? Uh, But you can do, you can just literally do I want a a watercolor, a 3d render, um, a photograph or whatever. And the more detail you give it, the more hopefully it ends up being what you want it to be. So anyway, that, uh, Awesome. Isn't that cool? That is so (laughs) cool. Wait, is it also run by OpenAI? I think it might be. I'm not sure, though. Did you use your same chat GPT login? I did not, no. Oh, you had to sign up for another one. Yeah. Are you going to do one for Jonathan Emord doing that? I don't know if it would know who Jonathan Emord is. It might. It could. It probably would because there's all kinds of Google. Like if you Google him, he's all over the internet. So that's all it is, is collecting internet data. I'm looking forward to, you know, the, the Phoenix event. Okay, can you drive out to Phoenix? It's what, five hours away, six hours away from you? Who, me? Drive? Yeah. No, I know. That's silly. But we're going to be in Phoenix. Do you know anybody that we, that I know that I should say, hey, come on out? I'm going to do just an informal health freedom thing at the, the Giving Tree, a restaurant we would probably enjoy eating together. Oh, at. cool. And that's Sunday. And then a couple of events, uh, Monday, Tuesday. But I'm telling you, Emor, he has a way, because he's been in it for so long, to communicate health freedom stuff to an audience that may never have heard about it, like on the Republican side of things. But then yeah. again, a whole lot of other people that are drawn into it because of what's happened recently. I, I'm just, I'm watching the energy of a room shift when he starts talking health freedom, like I've never seen. It's just yeah, kind of cool. Great. Hopefully he recognizes that as a kind of a popular move. And if he keeps pushing that, he'll actually, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know how popular it is, but I guess it remains to be seen. But if he's seen that happen, he'll keep, he'll like, if he wants to win, he's going to double down and keep pushing that message. Yeah. My sense is he will. I think, you know, I'm, I obviously have some connection to the, uh, 
to the campaign and the people even advising. And, uh, you know, I keep communicating. I, my, I see this as a winning message that brings the the so-called former opposition and the in-betweens are like they're all in because you try you run against any Democrat, Tim Kaine inclusive at this point. They have to run like hell to get away from their covid uh, policies. And, and you know, they're on record everywhere. Oh, yeah. Didn't even the mayor of Chicago. She lost. Yeah. I mean, think about that. It's huge. The first the first uh, whatever it was that she is. But, yeah, that was huge to, to lose. So uh, I think that that health freedom message that I see the energy like when we were in California at the event. Did you have a good weekend there? You said uh, Sarah's mom came into town or something. Yes, it was a whirlwind, yeah. but it was awesome. Yeah, but but it was really a cool experience. Like I said, I described the the energy of the room. You know, as he goes through his beliefs in the Constitution and what he would propose to do on various different things, and then he the last thing he did was the health freedom one. It was like the energy was so palpable. It was like a release of something. Like, oh my gosh, finally, somebody is actually taught, and they mean it and they know it, not just like pretending that they're just reacting to what yeah. happened, but someone who's grounded in it for years and also is talking about what happened. So. Uh, I was like getting chills, witnessing and feeling and sensing that energy shift. So my sense is very strongly that that is the strongest winning argument. And that even though that we have a short attention span as Americans and other things, this one is going to be indelibly marked for years to come because of the impact on children. What happened? You know, so anybody that knows kids or has grandkids and their impact on what happened to them, they're not going to forget that easily. Yeah. Well, let's hope not. Yeah. Or just keep reminding them. Mm hmm. Yeah, of I course. Mean, the yeah. the more the closer it is to our memory, the easier it is to uh, kind of grasp onto that. Uh, you don't hear as many uh, never forget comments on nine eleven as you did a few years ago. Yeah. So I think it's just it's a matter. Of well, and, and you think about never forget in terms of Holocaust issues, like Vera Sharav has done. Never never forget has gone uh, uh, global. In fact, bringing that back because people don't know and. She had the street cred and has a street cred. Go to that yeah. history and lay it out piece by piece by piece. So it's not just a reactionary. Oh, you're crazy. It's like, oh, holy tamale. That Who's is the guy yeah. you interviewed in Germany just recently. Uh, Uwe. Uwe. Man, uh, he was, I liked, like, it was cool yeah. where he was like, oh, there was one point in that interview where he was basically like this kind of libertarian thing. I had never, I don't really know anything about it, but it yeah. just sounds reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like, just kind of get the government out of the way and let people make their own choices. And well, that was really kind of cool to see. It wasn't because he didn't have any propaganda for or against the position. Mm -hmm. He just kind of looked into it. He's like, I'd never really heard of anything like this. And I was kind of cool. That yeah. to me really struck me. I, I had not, I did not know that there was no like major libertarian movement or, or any kind of basis in Germany where he had, you know, he had been in the political realm, as he talked about it, the highest levels there and other places he had been. And, and he was considering it. Like For me, it was like I, I just love being able to engage philo philosophical discussions like that yeah. uh, and find things out I would have never found out. So, yeah, I thought that was cool, too. Is my audio still OK or did we have problems? It's it's about 98 percent good. Only 2 percent drop. That's not bad. Occasional Occasional crackle. Yeah. So for whatever reason, this is the browser of the day. Yay. <laughs> Safari. Interesting. The one that you're not definitely never, ever supposed to use. You're right, though. I think the glitch is within Restream because it doesn't make sense to us how and why it happens sometimes, not others. And even with as high end of equipment and appropriately wired equipment you have, why it would ever not work. So um, something to find out for another 
episode a couple of weeks from now, I guess. Between now right and now. now. Right now. You got to go, don't you? I do. I love you guys, uh, but I have to run. Well, right, thanks well. for showing up. Thanks this for appreciate thanks it. for having me. Out, man. Was, it was awesome, dude. This was fun. Love, times. love, love. Big hugs. Say hi to Sarah Beth. I can't wait to see you guys. Deal. Uh, in real deal life. See you the later. Power to heal is yours. There, there goes you Michael. Go. <laughs> brain and duty all at once. Peace, he everybody. Thank right. you, Michael. So we have uh, uh, we've done a again a two hour show that was completely not. Well, the way well, we I wouldn't say it. completely. It was partly not planned. Yeah, no. we, we improvised. It's all good. Yeah. I think the improvisation was good. I don't know what y'all think. Um, it was I think it's the tea my wife gave me. It was like throat chakra tea. Speak your truth. And I went to some places, uh, you know, for your consideration. Uh, things that are not often discussed in the daytime in polite company. And we did it. And even mm-hmm. as Lucia Super Don was, he did great. And Lourdes says she loved it. We love you, Lourdes. Hopefully we see you. Well, that makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. As long as somebody liked it. <laughs> yeah. One person <laughs> all I need. Yeah. All I need. So uh, as far as, you know, you're working on some stuff uh, for, uh, you got to record some things. I know it's busy. We have the Mike Adams interview you'll put up on the, the for our patron supporters right away or as soon as you can. And uh, then we can maybe, the, the Royal We, cut it up into pieces and then figure out how to put it into a Sunday radio segmented scenario and, and record a little bit around it. Oh, look at the cat. <laughs> Wait a minute, I got to put you full screen here. She's noisy too. Oh, just missed the cat. Oh, she just walked out of the screen. She but just you, walked behind the, the... It's like, where are you? I'm hungry. Right? <laughs> they love you when you're hungry. When you're hungry. That's awesome. Yeah. Goat yoga at the RSB Union. I just saw that from Steve. Well, that's a Leslie question. Will there be goat yoga at the goat RSB Goat yoga. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Oh, man. So, wow. Yeah. What a weekend coming up. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to expect this weekend. I never do. Yeah. Weekends are just whatever they are. Oh, look at that. We got precipitation all weekend. Great. Oh, more snow. Hooray. You, you don't have, a, do you have to, you don't have to shovel, do you, technically? Sometimes. If it gets really high, yeah. Um, then I will just, I'll just, you know, the, the porch, or not really even the porch, the steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the por- our porch is covered, so I don't have to worry about that so much. I can just sweep it. But, you know, mm-hmm. if I have to make a, make a path to the car to make it so that, my wife doesn't fall on her head going to going to work or whatever. But other than that, no, not really. Just walk through it. Mm-hmm. Well, walk through it, my friend. We'll get there. Uh, a lot of great interviews. Again, Kevin, thank you to hook, uh, hooking us up with some amazing interviews as, as we go here. I don't know what happened to the two guests today, but whatever, we, we rolled with it. Well, let's see. We had... Who did we have today? We were supposed to have um, in the first hour. We had uh, uh, individual. I can't even remember their names now. My mm-hmm. brain is not working. Anyway, one 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 uh, guy was traveling, mm-hmm. uh, and there were some crossed wires with a person that, that was doing their PR. Gotcha. The uh, second person had uh, a major thing going on that they had to go do, and so. Both will be rescheduled. They both are interesting topics, and mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what do we got going on next week? Oh, I guess we should look at that, right? Let's I mean, take a, a quick a, look and preview. Travel week. I know we've got book guests too, uh, but now let's see how we fit them in. So Sunday I'll be at the um, Giving Tree uh, in Phoenix. Uh, let's see. Monday, well, Monday evening is the EMORD event, but during the day, I imagine unless there's, you know, another place to broadcast live from another event center or restaurant, and that might happen, I'll probably broadcast live Monday from the hotel, uh, which would be, what, one to three Arizona time at that point. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday is an interesting thing because th- that there's a luncheon uh, EMORD event, and that's at a private home, and uh, we we're putting in a request to see if I can broadcast live from from there. And so we'll see what happens as far as Tuesday, where we'll be. Um, do we have guests scheduled? I think uh, Tuesday we do have uh, Nutritional Frontiers, Jamie, yep. and then uh, uh, Christine Glein. Glein. I don't know what that's about. Oh, it's also Nutritional Frontiers, it looks like. It's an address. It's an email address Christine has from Nutritional Frontiers. We might be doubling down on Nutritional Frontiers that yeah. day. From I don't know. We'll find event. out what's going on with that. I'll be good. And Wednesday, unless I get some pre-records we can fit in, Wednesday may be an encore because I got to travel back. Uh, that okay. day and things might modify, but right now you can throw like encore potentially in there. In there, and then okay. we have, uh, I'm going to record with nurse Michelle on her, uh, podcast nurses out loud next week for, I don't know when. Oh, and we have Dr. Kirk Moore scheduled finally. Now Kirk is the, uh, plastic surgeon that's been indicted, uh, by the feds. They stung, did a sting operation and they say he disposed of government proper property improperly basically because he didn't actually inject the COVID jabs instead to gave saline to those that asked or requested it. And uh, that's, you know, I, I think he's a hero, not a criminal. And uh, in fact, I'm going to see him probably tonight, talk to him some more about it, but next week he'll be on. Uh, let's see. You know, Robert, actually there was a story in the news today of, of another uh, uh, individual who mm-hmm. did kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find it here. It was in, I want to say it was in Spain. Nurse faces legal action for faking Spanish kids' vaccines. Do you see oh, this? Wow. No, I didn't. That, me, oh, uh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Spanish lawyer says 42 families in Spain are pursuing legal action against the nurse whom they allege faked the process of it. Now, this is different because as far as I know, the people that uh, had this done requested it. It was specific, mm-hmm. full awareness. Please, please, please give us the saline, right? Okay, uh, so, that, I guess that is an important detail. Yeah, and, and in this case, the people apparently, again, according to what I'm reading, they wanted the quote-unquote real shot and got saline, right. which is a gift, quite honestly, we know, but right. those people apparently don't see it that way. So Right. Yep, she apparently was not a fan of the vaccines. said here, uh, the nurse who wasn't identified had made frequent comments disparaging vaccines mm-hmm. and uh, pretended to give the vaccines to these kids uh but actually didn't and threw them in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, people have different opinions about that. Some people will be horrified and angry and other people might go good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, saving people's lives, uh, underground railroading people out of the danger, if you will. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right. Any other questions or comments? Uh, Lourdes was asking about goat yoga. Steve answered that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a thing uh, several years ago. I remember when that first came out, mm-hmm. and it was it made for some funny uh, pictures. Yay! People Mom likes doing show yoga them. poses with goats standing on them. Mom likes that. every show, any show that Michael Bolden shows up to. Mom likes that. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Diana, late to the party, but if it's only RSB and Super Don, I'm going to watch anyways. Well, thank you. <laughs> and it says Stephen is also precious out there. Uh, you know, that's the thing about today when we had two guests that didn't show up that we had planned to have. It's not a problem. Technically, we can do this show just you and me all the time. But I like the fact that we are inter- interacting with so many more awesome people and fascinating people. It's just, you know, it used to be back in the day before we had a Kevin. Yes. That there was a whole lot more of that where it was yeah. just you and me or you and me and Ty Bollinger or yeah. Rosh Batar. Yeah. You know? exactly. I mean, that was. Yeah, it was pretty much that. Uh, I, look, I can do either. And I know I'm, I have no problem with that, but I've been. Just like the interview that uh, Bolden referenced, the German guy, Uva, mm-hmm. that was like, dude, when will we have an opportunity to have an interview like that? And just these, the process of discovery of different people on the planet and their viewpoints and coming together in freedom, you know, similar pathways, even though they come at it from a different angle. And for me, that's, that's, that's a fun part of what we get to do now that we didn't get to do as frequently before. Agreed. Yeah. So- uh, and I'm glad Diana doesn't mind if it's just you and me, though. That's cool, too. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. Do we have any All updates right. on, on uh, stay-at-home mom or preacher in the Polish girl uh, podcast? I uh, did not get a preacher in the Polish girl this week. Okay. Um, so I think it's taking a little little break. And okay. um, we did have a new episode of stay-at-home mom on Tuesday. Or maybe it was Wednesday. I can't remember. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, Speaking I'm of podcasts, again, I like to, well, actually, we're in bonus time. So, yeah. oh, yeah, actually, it would be on there. Yeah. I just do want to give a shout out to the folks that are, are not watching but are listening to this after the fact on the podcast. Oh. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, always open to suggestions if you guys specifically have uh, comments or questions or things that you like or don't like or would like us to do differently or something like that when it comes to the podcast. Uh, you are just as welcome as anybody else to shoot us an email at askrsb at gmail.com or uh, leave us a, a voicemail at 866-939-2355 because you guys are all part of the family as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, you're, if you're not sure what to do to help us out to share the show, second to that or first at 1A is click on the banners that are on our website, robertscottbell.com. And say thanks to those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. We got yep. great stuff available for In you. In fact, I got an email mm-hmm. uh, during the show. Yeah. And it was from Gina. Mm-hmm. Gina said, asked if there's anywhere on the website where the people can look up the discount codes for the various different products and companies that uh, are part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it. So okay. I'm going to see if I can work on that this weekend so that maybe there's a link or something that you can click yeah. on and it'll list all of the, in fact, I might have you help me with this. Okay. Um, so I don't forget anybody, but sure. you know, well, list if, of, we cross, if we cross reference our brains, yeah. we end up to be one. Yeah. So. so Gina, thank you for writing in. And there's a perfect example there of, of, uh, you know, if you've got suggestions or things that aren't working for you or, or, Constructive criticism, always, always, always uh, welcome on the show. I see Mira Gabriel wants to help us 
get some homesteading, homeschooling, and prepper folks on. Great. And send. Absolutely. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. We just haven't done it, but absolutely. In fact, you know, when, when I do have the newsletter going out, I always, or almost always, uh, include things about homesteading and prepping and, and stuff like that. Cause I know it's something that you guys are, a lot of you are interested in. So absolutely would, would have no problem with that at all. Cool. All right, y'all create a great weekend. Uh, we'll see you either in Phoenix on Sunday for that event. Um, the Sunday broadcast on uh, GCN will probably have the Mike Adams interview. But for those of you who are patrons or want to become patrons, that's why you want. You'll have access to the full video interview I did with Mike Adams yesterday after the show. A lot of different discussion topics. And it was a lot of fun, too, to catch up with him on various things. He's just a on, on one level, you know, people look at him as like, oh, my gosh, it's Mike Adams. But he's a he's a good guy. He's just a pal, you know, on, on a lot of levels, too. When mm-hmm. you can kid around with friendly conversations with about a lot of things. And, and actually, um, you know, in that interview yesterday, it was, it was, he, he's in his brand, his, you know, pretty, pretty much anyway, brand new studio. Yep. Uh, it's really cool. I, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, I know. He's got things like, set oh, up there. That cost a few bucks for him to put that together. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of say, like if you watch uh, like Infowars or, you know, Alex Jones or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very level. similar kind of setup that he's got on that there. Sound is great, the all kinds of camera angles and stuff. And uh we got to meet his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it I'm was very cat. cool, actually. I'm a cat person. I gotta admit, I'm I'm intimidated by that dog. But well, he's, yeah. he's got the energy to do it. He knows what to do. We talked about yeah. that as well. So, so anyway, um, I'll uh, I'll get that up on Patreon before the day's over. Yep. Thanks again to Michael Bolden for actually showing up when others didn't. Not He's got a good ra- track record going now. Yes, he does. He's doing good. All right, y'all. Well, so, thank anyway. you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. And uh, back uh, live from uh, Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale on on Monday and Tuesday, likely. That's what we plan to be. Uh, and please come out, or if you know somebody in the Phoenix area, Giving Tree on Sunday, the 5th of March. Happy birthday to my dear friend, and almost adopted mom, Ann Archer Butcher, tomorrow, March 4th, is her birthday. Just want to say big happy birthday to you, Ann. And anybody else I missed, if it's your birthday, happy birthday to you, too. All right. You guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you again live next week.